I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back today with Disney's 1967 The Jungle Book, and we have a very special guest today. We do. Everyone, uh, join me. And I've lost her window, so I can't see her. There she is. Everyone, join (laughs) join me in welcoming uh, Marjorie. Say hello, Marjorie. Hello. Uh, We used to work together... in, I don't know if I've ever said where I was. I don't think or, you have, so anyway. you just say Maryland. Just, yeah, in Maryland. In yeah. a state. Uh, yes, yeah. and she reached out to us and said she wanted to do The Jungle Book. And I'm curious, why? Why did, Is this a, one that's kind of close to your heart, or do you have an early memory with Jungle Book? Or um, It it is. Uh, so, as a, I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of Disney films that are close to my heart, let's be honest. But yes. um, The Jungle Book has lots of cool animals in it. And as a kid, I was really into animals. I still am an animal lover. Um, so I think that's why I fell in love with it. Like, they had a really cool tiger and panther yes. and Baloo was awesome and elephants and everything. So I think just the fact that it was like an animated zoo just really did it for me as a <laughs> child. <laughs> that's awesome. Um I, it's interesting because thinking about that now, I feel like the last few ones that we talk about liking as a child, as a child, this one, Sore in the Stone, it's a lot of ones that are like a collection of short stories, especially in this. That could kind of be divided up. Yeah, it's like they go and they do this adventure, then they go into this adventure. It's a bunch of little short adventures mm-hmm. that have kind of an overarching story. But I wonder if that speaks to like our kind of generation's short attention span. <laughs> we all grew up with these ones that was like. He's with the elephants. Okay, now he's off doing this. Now he's off doing this instead of just like a full tale. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it spoke to me as a kid with like ADD, so. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Now, did you, is this one that you grew up with, Ryan? Yeah, I remember this one a lot. I also, you know, Robin Hood's my favorite and uh, Little John is kind of the uh, direct lineage from Baloo. Yeah. Mm. It's it's Phil Harris. It's the same. Oh, okay. Which we'll get to that in a second, but that's a whole interesting story about how this character came about the way he was and and all that. But do you want to hit us with an IMDb synopsis? So uh, Bagheera, the panther, and Baloo, the bear, have a difficult time trying to convince a boy to leave the jungle for human civilization. (gasps) This is about a gay parent situation. I didn't realize that till just now. (laughs) Two dads raising a son. (laughs) Yes. Well, and the wolf, doesn't the mother, the wolf mother... Isn't that's in the very beginning, right? Do you yes. remember the wolf mom? She, I don't think she's like or prominent in name. the movie, but oh, yeah, exactly. I think, and we'll get to that. Because I read about that too with female characters here. There's really only one. We'll talk, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the female agency in the story, which is it starts with mother and then it ends with him going off. Well, there's the being... elephant, Winifred the elephant. There's a lady elephant. Mm-hmm. She's oh, okay. she's well, I might <laughs> as well, right. I might as well give that fact now she's our lady the one who was the catty elephants who's been the voice of everything verna felton yes she's the voice of winifred the elephant elephant and it's her last um voice that she does for disney because she dies in 1966 
a day before Disney dies. Whoa. So she dies the day before he does, and she's the only female animal to have any dialogue in this movie. And the, mo- the, mo- the, mom the wolf mom appears, doesn't have any? but doesn't have dialogue from what I read, so I'll have to keep out for it. Because in the John Favreau, and have you seen the John Favreau one? Yes, but like once. She's, I know it's, uh, I cannot pronounce it. She's name, got but... more agency in that one. The, yes. the wolf mom, a lot. But it's uh, Lupita Longa, yes. something like that, who is uh, in Black Panther mm. and your your favorite Star Wars character, Maz Kanata. Yes, I do love her. Chewie's boy, Chewie's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and she's like, so like that's Bring a pretty back big the get. Yes, yeah, or whatever she says. She's a pretty big get for the time, so that has to be you know like that. They wouldn't just do that and then have her be like growl, growl, whimper, and that's yeah. It. Well, so with this one, too, it got an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. when I looked it up. And it was nominated for Best Original Song with Bare Necessities. And that's the only song that the Sherman Brothers didn't work on. And we'll go. Do you want to go into why that is? Uh, if you want. Yeah, I was just going to tell Let's you who won. Let's do all won. the stuff and then I'll, then I'll Yeah, I was just going to tell you who won because it was nominated but didn't win. And Dr. Doolittle had a song, Talk to the Animals. So I thought it was interesting that another kind of animal song winded up winning. I just found that interesting. Well, and the other thing when it came to uh, the award ceremonies that I wanted to mention, Gregory Peck, at the time he was president of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, he tried to get the Jungle Book to be nominated for Best Picture. And he wound up resigning as president in 1970 because the other people, uh, I guess, on the board or this the group of the powers that be didn't feel animated movies should be nominated for Best mm. Picture. And... 20 years later, Beauty and the Beast, I believe, is the first time an that's animated picture right. is nominated, and that's 1991. Do they still, is it still possible for an animated picture to be? That I don't know. I just know that he. They have their own, they have their own category. Category, now, yeah, but, but I know right. that he really fought for it, and nobody was really into it. And so I found it interesting that it was Beauty and the Beast that kind of broke that. I mean, yeah, I think I, I, I'm not shocked that it was that one because I think that one was so well received and such a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Lion King also might have. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. And see which ones they were. Yeah. Um, I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> I don't oh, have no, any no, frame of right. I mean, I feel Other like than it was good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what we say all the time. But uh, <laughs> and then the other thing just to mention, and then I think we can go into some of the stuff mm-hmm. you have, is it was based on a collection of stories and they were written starting in 1894, The Jungle Book, and it was Kipling's stories. Yeah. Rudyard Kipling. Yeah. So uh, his story is set in a forest in India. And I don't know if we ever know. In the Disney version, if they ever specifically say, where I mean, it's other set. than than Mowgli's skin tone, yeah. So, I, but it, he's played by a white boy, so yeah. there's no way to really indicate. So, what, in know. the in the collection of stories, it's India and some of the same characters. He has Shere mm-hmm. Khan, he has Blue, he has Mowgli. So, some of those main characters also appear, but I think otherwise they kind of divert it away from the original stories. Right? I'll get into a lot of that here yeah. in a second. Did either of you ever watch a cartoon called Ricky Tiki Tavi about the mongoose? Yes, I read the story. I think so I read it. Yeah, I don't think I, I yeah. watched a cartoon by Rudyard Kipling, and I believe it's considered part of the Jungle Book. Oh, because the yes. whole thing was, yeah, he uh, that's correct. He, um, say it again. That is correct. I'm just, oh, okay. I'm just validating you. <laughs> I heard you the first time. I just wanted to hear someone say it twice. It so nice. Um, 
it, uh, it, 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 I remember that that cartoon, but it's by Rudyard Kipling. It's part of the Jungle Book because they were released as a series of stories into like newspapers and then kind mm. of put into a, a full collection. There's actually the second Jungle Book, which is more Mowgli stories and that sort of thing. Um, and it's I'll go ahead and go into it now. He was it was interesting because when they were originally looking at this, and Bill Pete was the guy who was doing the story for this, he wanted it to be more like the original stories, which are kind of dark and mysterious. I was gonna say, yeah, I read that they were more they had a more dark tone, and Disney was trying to move away from that because Sword in the Stone. Well, I don't Sword, know that it was Sword a direct Stone, connection, but yes. Sword in the Stone kind of flopped for that. And it was Bill Pete's baby, so he went to Bill Pete and said, "I want this to be this needs to be more fun. We need to do this." And it's actually what uh drove them apart and bill pete just quit the studio and that bill pete uh the bill pete book i read mm-hmm. um he was like i just left one day and didn't come back oh wow like he didn't quit he just called and was like i'm done and wow. they did not actually reconcile and then walt passed and then walt away. passed very you know not long after that and it was something they talked about in the documentary and that and they reference in the documentary the book that i read and they were like, and, and he says in there, you know, I really am. I, he goes, my one regret about working with Walt is I never got to, you know, say I was sorry. You never, mm-hmm. we never made up. He goes, yeah. but I think we, I think he left knowing that we were still friends and this, this, and this. But um, after he left, they brought on, I forgot who they brought on and I'll look it up in my handy notes, but they brought someone else on and Walt was like, I don't care about the story. I don't care about this. These characters need to be entertaining. I need, they need to be fun. Like we're going to have a fun time. And it worked. This was the ninth highest grossing movie of that year. Oh, wow. Uh, Top three were the graduate guess who's coming to dinner and Bonnie and Clyde. And as always, I would like to point out that you only live twice. James Bond 007 was number seven. And I believe Which has nothing to that do with this song, podcast, I believe that song also was nominated in original songs. It was in the category. So it was one of the nominees right. with the Jungle Book. Um, now, the song was they also had a, a, I forgot the other guy's name, but someone came in and did all the songs and they had the same thing where they were kind of mysterious in tone or they had more of a darker thing. And uh, Disney said, get rid of it. These are by bringing the Sherman Brothers. And all of the animators came in and they go, well, there's one song he did that we really, really like. And that liked. was Bare Necessities. And they yeah. was like, yeah, okay. And even the Sherman Brothers were in the thing were like, oh, it's too good. We couldn't get rid of that one. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, because uh, it kind of goes off of um, some of the animation and some pop uh, music artists. Did you know that the Vultures originally were going to be voiced by the Beatles? That was the original plan. So I didn't hear that, but I did hear that they were 100% going to be like the Beatles and their song was going to be a rock song. So what happened was apparently, (laughs) again, I always say apparently because facts are sometimes conflicting, uh, but apparently their manager, the Beatles manager, approached Disney Studios about it and wanted the Beatles to be in it. And so the studio went ahead and designed the vultures to resemble them. So they've got kind of those mop top haircuts. And, yeah. So and they, for kept, some reason- they kept that animation. And when the manager brought it to the Beatles, Lennon vetoed it. He was like, tell them to get Elvis Presley instead. <laughs> so he was like, no, thank you. And so that... I can imagine that there's... a that, that, I, I, Now I understand why they might have left that out of the... Docu- yeah. The documentaries I watch are tend to be Disney documentaries. So yes. Them, yeah. Yeah, so that's the fact I read about it. And so I just found that interesting. Because the Disney documentary said, Walt said don't do it because it would date the picture. Now... Disney has a history of making things seem Yeah, and more I mean like that could have also been the opinion when they were going back and forth. Yeah. You know, where he was like, Well, maybe it's just like not worth it. But right. yeah, sometimes they they change things a little bit. 
Um, I remember my when I was watching the film as a kid, my mom mentioned that, oh, they look like the Beatles. And I was like, they don't look like bugs. I mean, I didn't understand it as a <laughs> oh, child. Oh, that's but, so funny. Yeah. What but now I, you know, I love like, that. When, I get it now. Is, it when was, was the funny. last time you think you saw this? Oh, not too long ago. So, <laughs> confession. Um, I like to just run through the whole Disney animated collection, maybe wow. like every year or every other year. It's just, it's like comfort food, but videos. <laughs> right. I yeah. love that. That's great. Yeah. yeah for I us, a marathons. lot of these, like I haven't seen this one since I was a child and I'll confess it was never one of my favorites and I can't pinpoint why I just didn't connect with it as much. I'm actually really excited to go back and watch it now. Cause I think I'm going to enjoy it much more than I did when I was younger. And I think this podcast has, is like, I haven't done, a lot of these Disney films in forever and I don't know if it was I, I think subconsciously there was a level of like and and I watch cartoons all the time you know that but for yeah. some reason like Disney cartoons I was like ah, oh, the old ones those are for kids and have going back through and rewatching this like I was like I'm not gonna like Cinderella I love Cinderella Cinderella was I'm not so gonna good. like you know like um, most of the princess ones there's the part of my brain going oh those are girl movies and now I watch them like these are lovely <laughs> yeah and I definitely have the same thing with certain Disney movies to watch and give you comfort and for me one of those is Mulan and again, I can never like pinpoint why, but whenever I'm sick or I'm it's not a feeling well. great movie though. Yeah. But and like, and I don't understand why it's like that specific one, but like as an adult, like when I've had like outpatient procedures and it's like, okay, you need to take it easy the rest of the day. Like Mulan is what I wind up putting on and I cry at it and I love it and it's great. So I definitely. I have no connection to Mulan. Like, I, but I understand. It's interesting to rewatch it. Yeah. I do understand <laughs> You're like saying it's like comfort food, but video. I, I love yeah. that right. kind of analogy. I, I do that with a lot of things, but Disney is one of those things. And, and like, so as a person who went to school for visual arts and whatnot, I've always loved animation. I've always loved um, any type of art, but like art that moves and tells a story. Oh, so cool. So yeah, love so- it. It's interesting because Eric Goldberg is at the time. So all bunch of these uh, documentaries I'm seeing are done in like the very late '90s or like the early 2000s or something like that. And they just and probably did them all not yeah, at once. Probably but when same they were re- these when DVD or Laserdisc or something was big and they were putting this all through. Yeah. Um, and Eric Goldberg is is an animator who shows up a lot. I need to learn more about Eric Goldberg. I don't know much about him now other than he like. He's a little squat man with the little hair around here, and he's got like <laughs> his eyes are close together, and his glasses are like that thick, and he's so happy about every movie he's ever been involved with. And he's talking about when he was at school, uh, Frank and Ollie, who did a majority of the animation on this. Frank and Ollie, who we always talk about as part two of the nine old Frank Thomas and Ollie, I can't remember his last mm-hmm. name. Um, and, and I'll get to that in a sec, but they came in and they brought some stuff from Baloo, and he had, he's quoted as saying, I just looked at it and I said, That's just a pile of drawings. That's all that is. And it is so, it's bringing all this emotion. He's like, yeah. well, all they're doing is just going, here you look. And I'm like, oh, look at Blue Dance. Like, he's so excited about everything. It was just, I, I, I love that quote. And we'll have to see it when, we, when I post the documentary. Frank and, and Ollie did a, did a lot of the animation on this one because they were in charge of Blue and Mowgli. And everyone said, like, because they were best friends. They were friends for 70 years. They met at Disney Studios. And like live next door to each other. And yeah, all this it stuff. sounds like a Mel Brooks and um, Carl Reiner. Yeah, a similar situation was. between and, like, uh, those two. So everyone said, "Well, so of course we nailed the best friend aspect of this." 
and they're showing all the animations of him like scratching Blue's back and them giving each other big hugs. So watch watch for that when you're watching this guys. Like that's the, the, the every anime every other animator looking at this at the Jungle Book has said like that's the best part of this. So, mm. so um just like animation in general isn't Disney don't they do like thirty frames per second? Isn't that kind of their I, I don't know. It's I don't high twenties or something like that. So like that's that's kind of one of the things I think that's pretty cool about watching all kinds of different types of animation, American animation, specifically Disney. One, you can pause it on pretty much any frame and it mm-hmm. looks beautiful. But two, right. I'm pretty sure they were drawing at thirty frames per second. Yeah. Where if you watch I... something like a Miyazaki film, it's more like fifteen. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Artist knowledge. Boom. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. That's great. Keep dropping it. I, I was love just it. thinking. It's funny because the reason I was thinking about that is <laughs> it's so stupid. But learning how to make gifts out of Disney movies now, and I've been like playing with the frame rate to be like, what feels right? <laughs> because I had it lower to keep them smaller, and then I'm like, this just looks weird. Like when I was when I was doing them. So that's probably, but it's more technical than than I think is interesting to anybody listening yeah. to this. But not your fact about the frame rates. My fact, your about, fact the about the gifts. Uh, so also the child actor who originally voiced Mowgli. I don't know if you came across this, but uh, his name was David Allen Bailey. And I want to give him credit because he worked so hard and then had to be let go because his voice broke Yep. during the, th- the three year production. So it was in production for three years. And so they had to let him go. So he did like all this work on it and then wasn't in it. And the guy who eventually did it, Bruce... Reatherman. I don't know that I'm going to say he his was last the original name right. voice of uh, Christopher Robin in the first Winnie the Pooh. Short. And he also became a wildlife documentarian. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? <laughs> I found that really cool. Um, what's funny about that is we were complaining. You know, you're like, I can't believe they did that to him. Whereas last week we were like, or a couple weeks ago we were like, I can't believe they hired three people to do the Sword and the Stone, the Arthur's voice in the Sword and the Stone because he kept. <laughs> Like, they kept aging out of it. Yeah, I don't know why that didn't bother. I guess because there were so many people and they wound up using all three of the voices. Like, I feel bad for this kid because none of his stuff was used, I don't think. I could be wrong, but that I'd have to look up. But the way I read it, that's kind of what I read. Speaking of looking up, I had to look it up. It's 24 frames per second that they drew. Right, still, right. that's a lot. Still, yeah. No, that's yeah. great. Well, they, we, talk, we talked about other things, but there were a whole entire people that were the in-betweeners who would go in at least. On yes. the, at least I don't know if they do it so much now because this is the Xerox uh, era. Oh, sure. where I'm sure it. they do. I'm sure they do. It, yeah. You have your keyframe animators and your in-betweeners. That's pretty normal. There's also, um, this is, there's a, there's a thing, the, uh, I forgot his name, but the guy who ended up being like the producer and director on this talked about how much he had to do because he would complain about like you know back in the day on snow white we had 40 people to do this job and now we're all running on a shoestring budget <laughs> we're running and i have to do all these these jobs yeah um i think it might have been wooly Reiterman after walt passed and he kind of got the job and he was like oh i have to do all this and in addition to animating stuff great um i do want to talk <laughs> about the voices for a little bit because there's some fun voice stories uh, Phil Harris was married to someone who used to go to dinner parties with Walt and Walt just liked him and said, he's Baloo now. And everybody <laughs> went, cause Baloo was written a very specific way. And they went, yeah. I don't see it. And Phil Harris came in and read it and goes, I don't like these words. And they go, well, what do you want to do? And he goes, can I just say it the way I would say it? And he did a recording session. Like he was like, oh man, Mowgli, you got it. Blah, like, like he yeah. does. And everyone went, stop. And they like rewrote Baloo oh, wow. completely for Phil Harris's That's cool. character. 
And then, like, there was another time when um, they got Louis Primo was the voice of King Well, Louis. and I read that I think originally they were thinking Louis Armstrong at oh, some point. I don't, I don't know, but Louis Primo obviously is the one well, who wound up doing it. There's a whole story about recording that song that they don't want to talk about on documentary because they have all these pictures of, like, all the musicians like dancing like but they all doing. recorded it in separate spaces right not well apparently i guess eventually they did but there's a recording session where they brought him from vegas and they go it got a little too crazy for disney and it was oh. like oh like so i think they all came out and just got nuts with it yeah so they did a recording I love that. they did a recording session it was supposed to be a call you know the call and response scat <laughs> between um louie and blue yeah where he's like well it was supposed to be legitimate call and response like i would say something and you'd say the mm-hmm. same thing and phil harris got it and looked at it and goes i wouldn't say any of this and they're like well just do whatever you want phil and so that's why when you watch it in the movie it's completely different that's funny because phil just went i'm just gonna say what i want to say here but like george bruns had to come back in and re-record it apparently hmm because the recording session got so wild <laughs> that they were like, well, we'll see what we can scavenge from this. But it was just a, it was Louis Prima and his Las Vegas band just going yeah. nuts. <laughs> I love that. So you're talking about Phil Harris and, you know, he's obviously in Robin Hood um, as well as Little and John. And I think he's in the Aristocats too, the next movie. That's right. That's right. Um, he's also in Tailspin, isn't he? Do you remember Does that the, show? Tailspin? I mean, Baloo's yes. in Tailspin. Baloo's in it, yeah. But Harris. like, did, yeah. did they they get him to do the voice of that too? I'm going to find out. I feel like he he looked uh, a little bit older when he did this, and Tailspin was like 30 years later, so I'm not exactly right. sure, but I'll find out. Um, what were you going to say about him, though? Oh, no. I was, it just made me think about Tailspin. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that, was, have... that was my jam. I, yeah, I loved Tailspin. I have that been, was one I watched a I lot. I have been, uh, spoiler uh I've been pitching that we should do the first episode from the, from the, some of the, uh, the cartoons. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, yes. We it's should do not, that. It's, it's Ed Gilbert. So Phil Harris is, it's, it's just a very, very convincing sound alike. Mm. I'll have to watch it again because maybe I'll, I'll watch it later Plus. today and like compare <laughs> the voices and kind of yeah. see. Do you have anything else you want to say? Does this seem like so, a good time to hop in? I, I mean, we could jump in. I have some things about Disney and like him passing because I feel like we talk about Disney so much and I just have some facts about him just to kind of honor him because this is the last, last yeah. film. Well, time that. that we're really going to talk about him yeah, as being a part of things. On. Didn't so, he, 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 he wasn't even able to see this film like no, he passed yeah. the very end of it. He passed yeah. before it was released. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So what wound up happening was this was the last um, animated film supervised by him. I think the million, the something millionaire. There's like the million dollar. I don't something, know. whatever Duck? that is. <laughs> yeah, that, that no, sounds it's not right. But whatever it was that I think was live action, and I think yeah. he also was supervising that at the same time we'll as this. It. But we this... should play a game called "Does This Sound Like a 1960s Disney Live yeah. Action Movie?" The million uh, dollar duck. That but, that um, was that was it. Was it really? Okay, <laughs> was yeah. that it? Perfect. 1971 uh, film, million dollar great. duck. 
Uh, so, but this was the last animated film that mm-hmm. he supervised on, and it was the first film to be released after his death. So he passed in 1966. This came out in 1967. So he lived to be 65. So he's kind of young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a film producer, he holds the record for the most Academy Awards earned by an individual. Wow. He won 22 Oscars. He in- holds it to this day. That's what it said. Wow. It was Wikipedia. Okay. No, I think that makes it, sense. Yeah. That makes so sense, but I didn't. I didn't think so about that. So he's won 22 Oscars and 59 nominations wow. in total wow. and he was a heavy smoker and most of the time cigarettes without filters so that's what he <laughs> that's, that's what happened to him he was diagnosed with lung cancer in the documentary they they when they reveal it's lung cancer they cut to a black and white picture of him in the, of him in the studio with a cigarette and i'm like this feels a little insensitive like yeah like, to because they're not like Look, he's smoking. It was like, well, it was a great man. And I'm like, well, you couldn't have found a picture of him without a cigarette? Maybe I mean, that was the problem. He was a heavy smoker. Yeah, maybe you couldn't. But <laughs> um, uh, he winds up, he's diagnosed with lung cancer, and then he winds up passing away 10 days after his 65th birthday. So he had just turned 65, and it was circuit. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to say it. Circulatory collapse, which essentially is just a. a um, complication from lung cancer, like his circulatory system just basically shut down. So the story in the wow. documentary is he, like people were kind of, you could tell a couple people were like, it was basically like people started noticing and then two weeks later he was gone. Yeah, like it was pretty quick. I think he was diagnosed maybe in November and he passes in December. Like it was a, it was, he was pretty rapid. complaining about a pain in his neck. Yeah. And he apparently had a nurse, which this is a story. I'm like, because they kind of went, oh yeah, he had, he had a nurse who was with him all the time and she would always give him massages. And I'm like, hmm, 1960s media mogul with a nurse always giving <laughs> massages. Huh? I'm like, oh yeah, he, she knew him so well and she said this. And she was like, yeah, something seemed off. And it was just like one day he came back and somebody, I forgot who saw him, but saw him and they said he was whiter and he yeah. was gaunt. And they were like, oh, Walt, you don't look well. So they're like, oh, he, so then the next week he didn't come in and everyone was just like, oh yeah, he's sick. And then the next day, like the next week, Ollie, Ollie Johnson, I think is his name, came in and said, Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnson. Ollie came in and was just bawling and was like, Walt's gone. Yeah. And everybody just was like apparently just devastated and they were like well what are we going to do and the only person who knew at all was wooly reiterman because he walt called him in in the last few weeks and said if i'm gone you're in charge of this and he was the only one who knew and then everybody else was kind of like it was interesting because the 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 documentary makes it seem like you know everybody's these really walt was really talented at taking people and making them feel heard and making them feel like uh you know like inspired to do what they were doing and he was really a visionary too like he could see so far ahead and that's a really hard thing to replicate you know to put somebody in his shoes well right it's it's like i've said and and i i love bill pete's uh version of him in his book which is he's kind and he's this but he's also mean and like cantankerous yeah and and i've worked at a studio with a uh figurehead like that and marjorie knows what i'm talking about and they can also be very like <laughs> good at what they're doing and inspiring but at other times it's like this is what we're doing and he was just this force of nature and they say that like they call him a force of nature but i think when he left it caused all these people to step up in a leadership role mm-hmm. because previously they'd just been these creative geniuses and allowed to do that but they had to like we have to get this through the door yeah and this is to be honest like this is kind of where we start having a downturn in the quality of the pictures for a while 
or at least that I, we'll see as we go through what our personal opinions are that often. Yeah, but, but next I also is like think aristoc- it was yeah. when you think it was so quick and so sudden and also unexpected, right? Yeah. So I think that it would make sense that the quality, not just necessarily say like, I mean, again, we'll we'll like kind of go through it and see what we think. But mm-hmm. I think it's like you had so many people having to step into roles that they weren't used to or weren't sure that they could do. Yeah. And again, Walt had such a very um, specific way of seeing things that I think not everybody had. And that's a huge hole to fill in any sort yeah. of like production is like if Walt's making all these decisions and now, you know, I, I and I don't think he was, again, it was short. So it wasn't like he's like, I'm going soon. I need to start preparing mm-hmm. these people. It's just yeah. all of a sudden he was just not there. Yeah. So do that you think they like so kinda... on that note? <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say, Marjorie? <laughs> no, go ahead, Marjorie. <laughs> we all started talking at once. Um, do you think that they really kind of grasped the dangers of uh, <laughs> smoking back then as they do now? I feel like they Absolutely really didn't. Absolutely not. Not in the 60s. No, I don't no. think so. I feel like. I think I... they're getting closer than they were. Like if you watch Mad Men, it's like the report comes out around this time of like, this could kill you and cause lung mm. cancer. Yeah. But yeah. I think anything they knew at Walt, it was like, well, that ship has sailed. Right. Yeah. Right. There was, there, there was, at one point, cigarettes were considered medicinal. It was like, oh, they calm you, and they, yeah. this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I still, <laughs> to this day, diet soda is going to be our cigarettes. As a, as a, like, they're going to, when, when they oh, do the madmen of this era. Absolutely. Yeah. And sugar abs- in general. People, yeah, people are going to be, like, drinking diet soda and be like, mm, see, no sugar. And, like, people in the future are going to be like, oh, those dumb, dumb idiots. Yeah, they- yeah. If they only knew. Yeah. So uh, I, I I think this is a good time. Do we think we're ready? Does anybody have anything else they want to? I don't think so. Yeah, we can go ahead I'm with ready. it. I'm yeah. ready. All right. Let's do it. All so right. Let's. I say the thing about the clamshell. Oh, that's right. Oh, I apologize. Okay. Go let's, ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, pull the uh, old clamshell VHS <laughs> off the shelf and stick it in the VCR. All right. We'll see you on the other side, listeners. All right, well, welcome back, listeners. We just finished The Jungle Book, and I don't know, do we want to talk about overall feelings, or do you want to just dive right into it? I feel like I might have a new favorite Disney character. Really? I love Baloo. I did not realize how much I loved Baloo, because I love Little John, and I, 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 I don't want to say I love Baloo more, but yeah. I think I might like Baloo more. Like, I All just, right. the whole time, I was like, he's great. He's hilarious. He's relatable to me i just mm-hmm. love because he always wants to scratch his back yeah that's Great. part of it mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think marjorie well yes i i i love blue i i think my favorite character in that movie might be bagheera bagheera was low-key really i was good gonna too say to yeah bagheera kind of became my favorite because he's not like jiminy jiminy like flat out leaves pinocchio like really pieces out and even when bagheera says he's leaving he's within earshot so, like, if he hears something's wrong, he's immediately right back to Mowgli. And I mm. kind of like that he's still always watching and protecting him, even when he's trying to let Mowgli think he's on his own. You had a lot to say about the about animation in general. It was fascinating. I think you've probably had the most animation comments. Yeah, which, as we're telling so the story, I'd love for you to interject Yeah, with absolutely. Those. But, like, he, you're right. The the animation of Bagheera as a, as a, as a leopard or a, a panther. Panther. Leopard. Just he, so, yeah. 
Oh, a leopard. Yes. Sorry. What's it? What? Okay. So panther is is could could be a jaguar or a leopard, but really, what makes a panther a panther is they're black. So he is a panther. He's a panther. A but leopard. He's a jaguar. He's a, yes. he's a leopard. Or jaguar, leopard. South America, okay. leopards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do we want to just kick it off and let's go? Yeah, cause... sure. So I'll get started and then please feel free to interject sure. wherever. Uh, so it opens with the storybook and I always say I love the storybook. I love how a lot of these up to this point they've opened this way and you kind of open and you see chapters really quickly but then it goes to kind of the sketch version of the village and uh, it pans to the jungle and then we see the moon on the water and so you're kind of seeing how the village is kind of nestled within the forest and I guess the jungle. I'm going to probably say forest, but it is a jungle. I will say, because I noticed the first, this didn't feel, because this is an era of Disney kind of cutting back a little bit on the cost of animation. This didn't feel to have as many layers in the rotoscoped forest scene as like Bambi or Mm. some of the other stuff we've seen, which was noticeable to me just because I find that technology interesting, but they did still do some of it. Yeah. Well, and so then it cuts to the waterfall. So in this waterfall, we see a couple different times and you hear a voice and you realize it's Bagheera who is the narrator. But at first you kind of just hear his voice. Well, did you recognize his voice from uh, other Disney things? No. Who is he? He is. Well, we haven't heard him yet, but he is the narrator in the Winnie the Poohs. And he's actually Sir Ector. Oh, he's Sir Ector? Oh, yes, that's which fun. I don't know if I would have caught. Because yeah. to me, Colonel Hathi sounded more like Sir Ector than, than yeah. Sebastian. Than, uh, Bagheera, but yeah. So, and we were wondering at the beginning if they mention India, and they do. Bagheera says in the jungles of India right mm-hmm. at the beginning. So yeah. it kind of sets it up. And then we see a baby crying crying in a broken boat, and he calls him a man cub, and he's in this basket. And Bagheera's not really sure what to do with him, and he brings him to a family of wolves. He realizes that they've just had a litter of cubs. And so he thinks this would be a good idea. And so he just leaves the basket. And I like the whole bit. He leaves the basket and then he hides. And even then, he's still watching over Mowgli from the beginning. But then Mowgli doesn't cry. So then he's got to go and touch the basket. And I love that Mowgli lets out this cry and like Bagheera jumps. And then it like notifies the wolves. So I like that whole bit. And we talked about... This is two out of three uh, Raised by Wolves characters. It was... Do you remember what the third one was? Because it was Pecos Bill. Oh, Tarzan. Tarzan. That's right. I yeah. always forget. Tarzan raised mm-hmm. by... Not raised by wolves, was, but well, raised by... Gorillas. Left in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raised by the wild, I guess. I keep forgetting. I haven't seen Tarzan, so I it doesn't... I know. I'm still shocked you've never seen Tarzan. Uh, But yeah, so he taps it to cry, and then the mom wolf takes... Uh, him into the cave with the rest of the wolves and the the father is also kind of there too they kind of agree they like share a look but they don't talk mm-hmm. and then the next thing we see is Mowgli calling to the wolves as he's grown I mean he's not grown as a man but he's now like a boy versus a baby uh and so the wolf pack elders all meet because they start talking about Shere Khan came back. And so we hear about Shere Khan and what a threat he is, but we don't see him till well into the movie. Which we talked about while we were watching, but when they finally showed him, I think it it helped to build him up. 
Yes. That was very cool. But yeah. It's, it's a while before he comes in. He's yeah. got more screen time than like Mad Madam Mim, but mm, still. Right. So like, I just kind of wanted to bring up what um, we were talking about during the film itself, where um, it's very interesting to hide your villain for so long, because mm -hmm. then they're, you don't really know what to expect from them, and they're not a real threat. And I think for Mowgli, throughout most of the movie, even probably to the very end, till when Shere Khan <laughs> literally leaps in his face. Yeah, like jumps at him. Yeah, yeah. then in that moment he's like oh crap <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um but up to that point Shere Khan like really isn't a thing for him he doesn't take it seriously he wants to stay here like he's yeah he doesn't understand yeah. like the severity of the situation right. I'm not sure this was intentional by the creators but that kind of feels like a tiger like even when they do show him he's lurking in the shadows and hiding and hearing all the information like yeah so was he around? Was he not? You never know yeah. when the, shy, the, mm, the tiger's true. prowling. And for, yeah, for yeah but Mowgli doesn't know that, right? And yeah. uh, for the audience, too, right. we don't know that yeah. right. until we see him. But yeah, no, that's interesting to think that way. That's one and way of so, keeping the film so lighthearted, I guess, for so yeah, long. Yeah, very much so. And so, because even when Ka comes in, and we'll talk about him in a minute, like, he's got humor to him. Yeah, so if there's a it, build of villain. Yeah, right. Uh, so the Wolfpack elders, they're discussing this about how, you know, Shere Khan's going to want to kill him because he doesn't care for, he doesn't like man, and he's not going to let Mowgli get to be a man to mm. where he can hunt and have fire and all of these things. And so the father kind of interjects at first saying, he's one of my own, do we really have to do this? Shouldn't the Wolfpack protect him? He, he, he like debates it for about five seconds. Do we have to? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bagheera interjects and says, and again, I feel like Bagheera is like this all knowing. He's always present in some way. And he interjects and says, I know a man village where he will be safe. So the idea is that Bagheera has this close relationship with Mowgli and he's going to take him to the man village and he doesn't see it as being a problem. He's like, he walks with me all the time. It'll it'll be no big deal. And so um, this is where you first mentioned the animation, Marjorie, about uh, the weight with every like footstep that Bagheera takes. And we see that with a couple different characters, yeah. but Yeah. Um you see you see kind of like I, I think all of them have some kind of weight, but they also animate it in such a way where Mowgli's weight looks different than Bagheera's looks different than King yeah. Louis looks different than mm -hmm. the elephants. Like they're really considerate of how their characters kind of move in the space that they're given. And I think uh, in terms of animation Sometimes that's a lost art nowadays because everything's CG, but it's like, it goes back to like, well, why w were the Jurassic Park dinosaurs so great mm. when we watched them? Like, obviously it's not the textures, <laughs> it's the weight. They feel real yeah. in the world that they live in because they behave by physics, right? And so like more modern uh, CG Jurassic Park movies or, or whatnot kind of lose that. They look really kind of silly and not as believable because they don't have those limitations. Like you'll see a raptor like jump up on top of a T-Rex and it's like, well, no, they weighed like 600 pounds. Maybe well, they couldn't do like, that. Yeah. But anyway. Sometimes when Tara and I are watching something, I can go, oh, that's CG and oh, that's not. And she's like, how do you know? And I'm right. like, well, I mean, I look at fake things. My job is to look at things that aren't real all the time. Yeah. So like I see them and like if they're a little floaty or they don't quite get it there, that's what kind of keys me in. Right. 
if if it doesn't behave the way you think it is. But in the Jungle Book, and you'll see this with a lot of, especially older Disney films, they have that weight to each step the mm-hmm. body gives. Like when King Louis is bouncing around, you can see it literally jiggling, and you can imagine the weight it's, of his fur yeah. too. Which, like depending on which armies, I will get to King Louis in a second. The thing I want, yeah, but like B- Bagheera is like. I don't and know. Bagheera you see is so it in every movement that he takes. Too. Like his movements he are is. so. Dra- I mean, and like you said, everybody's movements are different, mm-hmm. but his are so drastically different because he's he's similar to Shere Khan. They're not the same, mm-hmm. but they have the same kind of sleek, quiet movement where you wouldn't necessarily know they're there. They've, the way that they move, yeah, it's like careful yeah. foot placement. I want to talk too. about Big Cat's shoulders because, like, I feel yeah. like that's something I don't really think about. You know, you but. You immediately like if he had drawn it like a dog or like the the, the wolves where they're just kind of like pat 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 pat. It's different than the the cats doing like yeah, their shoulders extending go up their and le- over like mm-hmm. so right. much and it's so noticeable and well done in this. And I think it's interesting because I didn't see anything in the documentary. They didn't really talk. They talked a lot about like the the the, the characterization, but they didn't talk about the technical aspects of mm. of drawing jungle cats or anything. I think like that. I read somewhere that they did go. I don't know where, but they did go. You think they didn't go to a zoo? You think they? Said I thought they went I to read a something about going to a jungle, but I, don't I could be like wrong. Throw no, no, and again, body, right? but that just sounds. Some of those facts, some of those facts sometimes are misinterpreted, but, but we hear about like with the Lion King, I mean, that's way far in the future, but like the way that they, you know, were around the different animals for that. I feel like Disney has always done a really good job of bringing their animators either to places or bringing the animals to them. Well, we also talk in this podcast a lot about uh, the, the trip to South America for the package films. Yes. You know, and like that's, they just go down there to watch you know, South American people and eat carne asada. I want to see the movie about them going to the jungle if they're going to go to yeah, the place. And, Why and did again, they film that? Right. Yeah. So maybe they didn't, but yeah. I don't know. We'll have to look it up. It's pretty interesting. Um, also, like, I think in some of the scenes you can see differences where the movements and animation feel much more uh, believable and more kind of like we look at that, that's definitely yeah. a person walking. Like, there's a really nice sequence with Mowgli, too. Um, but I think Disney is very good about um, giving their animators references. And, I mean, they would film mm. things, they yeah. film people, they would film animals, but they understand the importance of of drawing from life and observing those things. And I think that carries across all visual arts. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I would agree, yeah. And I think they do it very well. They do a fine line of, like, blue looking like a bear and then kind of looking like a dude dancing but they're still feeling like a bear dancing and i'm now going to ruin right. the movie for everyone listening <laughs> much like marjorie ruined it for me when she goes sometimes blue has thumbs and sometimes, and sometimes he, he doesn't. doesn't and i was like <laughs> just watching the whole time but yeah sorry but and talking yeah. about movements too the way mowgli can imitate movements so like they give mowgli his own set of movements but then when he's we're going to talk about it a little later when he mimics the elephants Mm -hmm. and kind of the way he walks with blue at you know like he's mimicking them but still in his own movement if that makes sense i feel like the the animal characters were referenced off animals and mowgli was referenced off the animators in the disney studios trying to imitate animals like and it was it worked so well because they're always taught Talking about people going in and going, and then he does this, and like the animators are doing all this acting. I feel like that's what Mowgli looked like when he was trying to be a vulture, be yeah, an elephant, yeah. and all that stuff. 
I'm I'm pretty sure most animators have yes. a mirror what like right there so that they can yeah. turn and do things in the mirror and go okay yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. that looks yeah. and then they animate like that's the way to do it. Uh, and so as we're seeing Bagheera and they're walking together, he's telling Mowgli, uh, "Shere Khan's going to kill you." You know, <laughs> like he's but he's very like upfront about it. Like he's not going to let you live. Like this is like, and again, because Mowgli doesn't know him. He doesn't get how dangerous the mm-hmm. situation is. And so they rest for the night and he tries to get him to climb a tree. And Mowgli's like, well, I can't. I don't have claws. To which Ryan. <laughs> How'd you last like, this long in the yeah, jungle, without kid? Climbing you don't know how to tree. climb a tree. <laughs> but I was like. Relying on yeah. all the other animals. You, yeah. He's and been a big, real burden to the ecosystem up I until guess, this point. Yeah. That's what's kicking him out. So Bagheera does help him up and they're in the tree and, uh. Mowgli says how he's not afraid and Bagheera starts to fall asleep. And then that's when Ka shows up. So that's the first time we see Ka and he immediately hypnotizes Mowgli. And I like the whole bit back and forth where Mowgli's talking to Ka, but Shere Ka, or Bagheera Bagheera. thinks Mowgli's talking to him and he's half asleep. So they're like kind of having a conversation, but it's Mm -hmm. really Mowgli and Ka. And then Ka wraps his tail around him. And just as Ka's about to eat him, like his mouth is wide open for Mowgli Bagheera wakes up and slaps him, like right slaps him right in the mouth. And then Ka hypnotizes Bagheera and then Mowgli pushes the rest of Ka off the tree. And we talk about this. Um, you see throughout, I think, did you bring it up, Brian? How or how Ka's never all in one he's shot never all for in the one most shot part until he's like thrown into a until he's in a on, coil like, on yeah. the ground. Yeah. And then even then he right. stretches back out and his tail gets knotted up and like kind of. He's accordioned a little bit when he falls. There was a thing in the documentary where they showed really early drawings. Sometimes um, for perspective and sizing and things like that in characters, they'll draw all the characters together at different sizes and heights. And there you see them all standing up like it looks like it looks like a lineup from like the usual suspects or something. Mm -hmm. But then uh, Ka is a big wad of like himself and then his like the one part coming like way up over everyone's yeah. head and looking down i love that to, uh, i mean it, it'll be on the documentary but i'll have to find a screen yeah of it. and so they wind up falling asleep after they kind of get rid of ka and then they wake up to the elephants marching and singing the morning patrol yes and so uh mowgli follows Fo- hears it and follows it and then he starts following the baby elephant and so we start Hoppy junior is that his name i think that's what they said in here it is voiced by clint howard who i'm sure most of you know but for those of you who don't uh if you have you seen a movie you've seen clint howard <laughs> um he is in a million things he is ron howard's brother and all of ron howard's stuff so yeah yeah that blew my mind well yeah. Yeah, that's he was, crazy. Did you ever see him on a Star Trek episode where he's like this little kid, but he's super smart? And he's like, ah, ha, 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 and has someone else's voice. I'll put that out there. It's so bizarre. But like, this is, this is <laughs> this, he was an actor from this age. And he looks kind of like he looks now with the big bald head almost. <laughs> so Mowgli starts following the elephants. And I love how we get to know the elephants' personalities a little mm-hmm. bit here. Because they start bickering because the colonel is like going down and he's giving all these commands. And Winifred, uh, one of the elephants says to Winifred that, you know, we could always transfer to another herd. And what I think is funny about that is we find out that Winifred's husband is the colonel. Mm-hmm. like, And then their son is the baby elephant. And You may remember the colonel, uh, J. Pat O'Mal- O'Malley. He was the not only Colonel Hathi in this, but he's also the colonel in 101 Dalmatians, as well as the walrus. 
the carpenter, oh, and yes. Cyril Proudbottom, the horse from uh, Mr. Toad's Wild That's Ride. great. And then Verna is the catty elephant, yes. Winifred the elephant, but she's her real vo- her real name is Verna. Queen of Hearts, fairy godmother, Aunt Sarah. Yeah, so she's a big voice. So this is her last role. Um, so it's exciting to kind of see her back as an elephant uh, again. And she's got a little bit of the catty elephant in her. Not She's not like mean. She's more just matter of fact in this one. Uh so he goes down the line and he's doing the inspection and then that's when he comes ac- across Mowgli. And uh, that's how kind of... Say, he says something about like a man cub doesn't belong here, doesn't belong in the jungle. And then Bagheera gets involved and is like, oh, I'm taking him back to the village. It's like this whole back and forth with them. Now, it's interesting that this comes up here because Rudyard Kipling's original novel, novel or series of stories... Kind of one of the uh, criticisms about it is it's it's pro imperialism, so you have the character who's like oh I'm uh, who's clearly British but still part of the Indian right. army yeah and him being like man th- this is your position that's the whole thing is the law of the jungle you are what you are where you are like there are certain people who are are more important than others like that yeah. was all part of the original story that was pretty criticized and obviously didn't really come across here I mean there is sort of the it's it's a much broader topic here of like a man doesn't belong in a jungle because that's not he's going to get hurt but yeah, yeah. and so uh, when Bagheera promises him he says well remember an elephants never forget <laughs> and then the elephants go off and then they all collide at some he point forgets his son <laughs> yes because he forgets his son and yeah so yes. there's that whole bit um, and then Mowgli starts laughing about how he said elephants never forget but they forgot his son and all that so then. Uh, Bagheera and Mowgli continue to fight over him going back. And uh, he's like, now you're on your own alone. I've had it. So this is one of the first times that Bagheera leaves him, but doesn't like really leave him. He leaves him, but he still like is looking over his shoulder as he's walking away, Mm -hmm. like on the tree limbs and looking over to seeing where he is. So I think this, um, weirdly enough, is one of the reasons why Bagheera is probably my favorite is because for me anyway, like kids exhaust me and I love my nephews <laughs> yeah. but you know sometimes you just gotta walk away from the kid because they're taking you off but it's like you're you'll never go far because you care right and so yeah. for him he's like he does have his limits and they get reached and crossed and he's like I'm out of here I'm done but then it's like he's so bound by by his sense of what's right and wrong and he's like I can't abandon this yeah. this this kid I can't do it and I'll still watch out for him. It's so relatable and so human and flawed and beautiful. And I'm like, that's why I like Bigger. Yeah, I agree with you. And even from the moment he finds him in the basket, like he could have just left him with the wolves and like left. And he says, maybe if I would have known, I would have done that. But yeah. Uh, So it is really interesting. And I agree with you. That's why I really like him a lot too. Is his, that jaw is so familiar to me. And I don't know if it's seen in another. Bigger's jaw? Yeah. Like the way they draw like his, 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 his jaw. Is there another? It's a typical cat jowl that they. So I mean, they the do Lion that with King? maybe you've with uh, Thomas O'Malley. They do that with Shere Khan. Shere it's very Khan? common with yeah. cats how they illustrate that. I don't know. It's just something about it because you know me. I like a good Disney jaw. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I said that in the other ones with with Kay and and the the bear from Bongo. Yes, like yeah. That. Um. 
And so as he's sitting alone on this rock, as Bagheera leaves him, he starts hearing a rustling at first and then it's singing. Mm -hmm. And we find out it's Baloo. And Mowgli at first tries to fight him. He's he's trying to fight him and Baloo says, pitiful, you need help. I kept writing down some things that characters said because I, I just really liked Baloo it. I love from second one. Yeah, and Baloo starts teaching yeah. him how to fight. And this is when we talked about how the sound effects with the movement, like the music. Mm-hmm. So the different musical cues with the way they were moving, the way they were fighting and dancing and the different instruments that were used. It was very creative, mm-hmm. I think, in the musical score. Well, they use them flat out as sound effects. And I think, yeah. Marjorie, you were saying this, and I think it's right. They don't do that so much anymore. There's music that reacts no, to don't. what's happening but it's not flat out like there's no trombone it's like the like there's no like noise and they used a lot of percussive sounds too Mm -hmm. that were that were fun and Baloo teaching him how to roar and that's what at first Bagheera that's what he hears he hears Baloo's roar and he's like oh no he's in trouble Mm -hmm. already and so he starts um, running back, and when he realizes it's Baloo, he basically rolls his eyes. Yeah, and I he's like was... that shiftly jungle bum. He's so annoyed that I... that's what it wound up being. <laughs> I didn't quite remember the scene. I thought it was going to be Bagheera fights Baloo, thinking he's a problem, but he just sees him and he's like, "Oh no, never mind." He's like, "Oh great, <laughs> he ran into Baloo." Uh, and so they continue to fight, and then teaching how to fight and this is when one of the first of several tickling scenes when a lot of tickling yeah, in this movie what, that's a weird theme in this that I never realized yeah, we started it's... noticing it because when we watched Sword in the Stone Merlin seems to like being tickled like there's, yeah there's, there's some something in like, there that happens with Merlin so we've kind of been keen in on tickling a lot in Disney movies so Mowgli he starts <laughs> is it he starts scratching his bra- back and then tickles him or is the tickling for the tickling he, might come he before he the back scratch later. yeah and then the or he jumps on yeah. him or something yeah, and accidentally yeah. tickles him. Uh, and then I also like that he calls him Little Britches. Yeah. But that's his nickname yes. for him. And so then he starts singing Bare Necessities and he starts dancing. And he tries to get him to eat ants. And he's like, you'll <laughs> like the way they tickle, he says when you swallow them. Yeah. And then Mowgli tries and can only get one. And it's like running up and down his arm and he yeah. can't really get it. Uh, and then that's when the back scratch comes in. where like, And that back scratch scene is so good because... Baloo scratches every part of his body on rocks, on trees. He uproots one out of the ground. Like, it's a whole good bit of I'm back scratching. I'm constantly asking Tara to scratch my back, and she's... I think she's recently finally getting it, because every time she used to, it was just this real, like, nice, loving... I'm like, no, like, you're mad at me. Like, And I now I'm you, actually like, annoyed that I keep now getting she's asked. Flat out, now, she, yeah, now she's so annoyed that she just straight is just like, ah! And I'm like... Perfect, thank you. So <laughs> you become too good at it. That whole scene like could have gone on for another three minutes, and I would have totally related yeah. to it when he just finally then is like. Uh, I love when he scratches like, his slides. head too, yeah. he, like the top of his head. But he uh, slides into the water when he finally gets that itch. Guy's like, uh. and I love the whole scene. And earlier when there, when he like. He turns around earlier and like Mowgli's on his belly. I love the like the, the I love the, the how Mowgli sits on him. Yeah. yeah, and is very comfortable with him. And I love the the different ways they use the water. We see them in reflections in certain parts and here they're floating like as Blue slides down in the water and he's like you just need to relax. And I think that's like a very the like that's a very famous like the idea of Blue floating in the water with Mowgli on his stomach. I think that was in the new one. Like that was in the, 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 
the poster. Like, I think this mm. is like, yeah, the th- I think it was so iconic. Yeah. They had to, yeah. you know, and Bagheera is following them this whole time. And then finally, he's just like, I give up. And Mowgli starts singing with Baloo. And he's this is again, he's laying on his belly like we're talking about. And then we see the monkeys kind of watching everything happen. And then all of a sudden, one of the monkeys scoop up Mowgli and they replace, replace him, like, with a monkey. Like Indiana Jones. Yes. That's the part I yeah, yeah. yeah. Temple of Doom moment. Yeah. And then um, the monkeys start messing with both of them. They mess with Baloo when mm-hmm. Baloo realizes it's a monkey. And then they're like tossing Mowgli up in the trees and they basically are carrying him away. And then that's when Baloo calls out to Bagheera. And mm-hmm. Bagheera is like... He, again, mutters something like, oh, it's longer than I thought, but I knew they'd need my help. Something like that. Yeah, yeah he's, he was waiting for Baloo yeah. to basically call him. And then it cuts to King Louie. I love King Louie. So, he's c- so good. Before we get into King Louie, yeah. for just a sec, I think we'd be irresponsible to not talk about the thing I talked about when the monkeys came on screen, which is oh, these yeah. seem to be the only African-American actors in the thing, and I think we're getting a little bit of a. It, it's better although what than the I'm wondering are they the are some of them the voices of part of Louis Prima and his okay group? so that might be a good point if it's a jazz band you're probably getting a more ethnically yeah that would be my, I don't know if those would. are those are definitely some of the voices when we get to King Louis yeah. scene I don't know if the monkeys that scoop him up are like I, we'd have to look it up I'm I don't know sure. if I'm I don't know again I, you know we're always trying to look out for this in this podcast. I we're three Caucasian people making this statement, so, right, so yeah. I don't know that we're 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 uh, qualified. Probably as, not the best judge of this. So if someone wants to come at us who is better judge for this, please, as always, please send us an email. <laughs> we always say this every time. Yeah. Send us an email. Talk on the Facebook page. I think it's something to note. I don't think it's nearly as bad as the Dumbo Crow scene. I I, I or any or the yeah, and I'm looking Peter, up or all of Peter Pan. Well, um, and I'm looking yeah. up Louis Prima. He's from an Italian American family, but he grew up in New orleans so that's, that's where a lot of his influences his father was sicilian was an so, immigrant as a white liberal i may be looking for something that's not there so i so apologize if that's the well case. so i i mean so i think i i think there is something there and, and it's actually something it's a topic that's been discussed about this movie mm-hmm. quite a bit um it's and kind of what i was reading about it was like you know it's problematic at best yeah it's racist at worst but what I think the general consensus is is like yeah this is this is probably an issue and it's subtle racism Casual racism, racism got a little bit more racism. subtle yeah. right right yeah. it's like it's not as blatant as other things like like Pe- the Dumbo and Peter scenes, Pan right? like yeah. the entire movie of Peter yeah, Pan yeah and Peter Pan yeah. it's 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 gotten more disguised but it's still and, there and yeah. let me bring up another topic just because we're on here and just something we can bring up uh, the Indian representation in this movie is an interesting thing to me because clearly both of the actors who are portraying the Indian characters are white and I think that's a problem. But at the same time, you know, we had we had a discussion on the Facebook page about the new Mulan in which uh, someone of Asian-American descent came on and said, you know, I have these feelings about Mulan, but I also think like at least I want more representation. representation of characters that look like me. And there is something to be said for that. Yeah. Right. Now, it's a 1967 movie. The The new Jungle Book does have an Indian actor playing Mowgli so that's and I guess there's something to be said for the fact that they told this story using that representation Mm -hmm. what they didn't maybe do it successfully but I think it's a bigger deal for 1960 that's what I'm saying yeah yeah that's yeah I'm trying to word it in a way that's like I'm not excusing it but I'm saying I think Disney 
did more than maybe others were doing this, in the 60s, this right? This has been our segment, White Apologism. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to recognize, right? Like, things that were progressive then are, you know, didn't, are, aren't that way now, yes, right? Yes. Like, and I think it's also good to, like, be uncomfortable and kind of, talk about it and bring it out there then and then stay comfortable by being quiet. Yes. And I think also right. just inviting listeners, like we always want to hear. Please opinions. send us an email. Know, come on. Why won't anyone send us email? Because... Marjorie? <laughs> Cause I have you on Facebook, but yeah. So going back to now we're in the King Louis scene and the monkeys bring Mowgli to him. And that's kind of when he starts singing and he s- says, let's shake cousin. So he's basically being, Trying to tell Mowgli we're cousins, like we are yeah. related, and because well, they are, because they're yeah primates. But Mowgli doesn't. I'm yes. s- like you know, so he's feeding him bananas, and you know, what will you do to stay in the jungle? And Mowgli's like, I'll do anything, and he's like, Okay, well, let me tell you what I want, and then he kind of goes into his song and starts sk- singing and scatting and all of that. And Marjorie was talking about his weight and stuff earlier, and yes, I was gonna get to that because. He's always on a different yes, limb. Yes, the way and the other three are like doing one something always acts else. As a foot, but it's not always his foot. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so Bagheera as a character is my favorite character, but as as pure animation, which character do I like to watch the most? It's King Louie. Like they put their A animators on him, and the way he moves and the way he's, um, those movements are communicated are just. Amazing. And even the fur on him. Yeah. The way the fur moves it's as he does the different movements. The fur yeah. has weight. The fur is like orangutan mm-hmm. fur. Where it's kind of like heavy and and thick and stuff. And it's it's really My cool. favorite <laughs> shot of him, though, is he always looks so smooth moving around until he just stands up and runs. And right. at that point, he looks like he's like waddle, waddle, he's waddle. He's graceful with his arms and then waddly yeah. on yeah. his so shorter funny. legs. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we may have talked about this, but our, after we've seen the movie, we... Are we all agreeing King Louis is a villain? I feel like he's still in the gray. Yeah, like I don't think I I would. He wouldn't really him. hurt someone. I don't think he just wants he wants man's red fire. Like he just wants to learn how to. All uh, Lady Tremaine wants Cinderella to do is just stay in the house. Like you can just. I don't. I'm not saying he's an effective villain, but I think he's a bad guy. I think he's a villain. He's not a he's not a henchman to anybody else. He's got his own agenda. Well, his henchmen, uh, yeah, his henchmen, I guess, I guess so. are the monkeys. Yes. So he has his. Which own... I think it's interesting that it. I mean, they did kidnap. They Mowgli. did kidnap. Yeah, him. I, I guess. That's... I don't think. So yeah, that's we that's can get into is. how effective he is. Okay. But I definitely feel I think he's, he's a, a villain. villain. All right. I also want to mention the that the so the three villains we've got are Ka, King Louis, and Shere Khan, mm-hmm. and each one is driven by a certain yes. like. Like character flaw, or if you want to call it like a deadly sin or whatever, I'm not, I don't even remember what those are. But, um, so cause is like gluttony, mm-hmm. yeah, right? He he wants to, he he even tries to eat Shere Khan, like he has a moment where he <laughs> yeah, tries it with yeah. him. <laughs> well, I like that, but so afraid of Ka. Like, do you, we kind of skipped over yes. that, but when after he smacked, I was like, Ka, I'm very sorry I did that, and he yeah. was like, very afraid, right. of him. Right, exactly. Um, so, so cause gluttony, and King Louis is envy because he wants mm-hmm. something that he doesn't have. He wants to be something else. And Shere Khan, for me, while he is, you know, he is violent. He's also prideful, but I think his big driving thing is fear. Yes, he's yeah. only afraid of one thing, but that one thing makes him so scared that he goes out of his way to hunt this kid down and like do everything he can possible to 
to I, yeah, and you know, I think remove it's the source of that fear. He's like the top of the food chain until you put man into it. I think in yeah. other versions of the Lion King, Shere Khan is typically scarred. Of the Jungle Book? Uh, what did I say? You said the Lion King? Right, because I was okay. about to say scar. <laughs> Got that's it. why. But he's he's scarred or he's shot. He's he's encountered man before and they, yes, they do a bigger thing. Yes, he has. I, well, we'll get to Shere Khan in a minute. So let's yeah. keep going with King Louie. So, uh, with this amazing song that I yeah, love. Yeah, this song is so of, good. There's like it's, a, it's problematic, but it's so catchy. You, is, is, is the song problematic? Yeah, I think the whole the whole theme. I of, mean, the idea that it's it's a bunch of, of yeah. uh, primates as jazz singers is an issue. But they I say, think, "I want to be like you, want to walk like you, want to talk like you, yeah. want to be human," kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely listening to it from a privileged position. Yeah, it's a catchy All song right. and it's super fun. But yeah. if you dive deeper into it, it's the same thing when we looked at it's, the lyrics. Yeah. It's, it's in not Dumbo. like my other favorite song, which is completely. Uh, um, Free of any sort of uh, controversy, which is, of course, uh, it's cold out, baby. It's cold outside. That's another <laughs> song. I wish I would have gotten to that joke faster. Anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, this is when we, Bagheera and Baloo, finally kind of get to uh, where all the monkeys are. And they're observing what's happening. And they're like, oh, we have to get him away. And Baloo... I love that Baloo's like, it's going to take brains and brawn, or Bagheera says it first, and Baloo says, I've got both. Uh, Something like, he's so Baloo. confident That's the in thing himself. I love about Baloo, is he is just lazy and confident. Yeah, and, and so he yes. disappears, and I love when Bagheera is the statue. <laughs> he's the other statue, and it, like as they're all like so conga lining by. And then he goes to grab Mowgli, and then Baloo opens the door and, like, slams Bagheera aside and then is dressed as a monkey with the coconut. Did you catch when Baloo starts getting into the music? Did you catch that moment where they animated his eyes like he was hypnotized by Ka? By Ka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw, I, I, I thought yeah. that was that was a very nice nod to, like, oh, this is also and hypnotizing. It's, it's interesting rewatching this movie after I'm such a big Robin Hood fan because so much animation is just recycled from this to robin hood yes. like, yeah every time uh little john dances it's that that little mm-hmm. shake um can i ask you guys a question what was blue dressed as i thought he was dressed as a monkey what was the gender of the monkey he was dressed as i think you're supposed to be a lady monkey yeah. really i never i think so think i just thought monkey skirt. but i, I guess the skirt maybe would make be him be lady. king louis got a bit of a reaction yeah to yeah but i thought he was like oh like check out this other dancer i don't know i that was totally lost on me and they brought it up in the in the documentary they go oh yeah when blue was dressed as the lady lady monkey i went though I, I like it i popped so i was like excuse me like <laughs> but I never again we i think I think King Louis likes the, yeah. the, the big ladies, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, like I was yeah. like, hey. But I also think that like we talk about how sometimes Disney over-sexualizes their female characters. So you may have not known he was a female monkey because he right. didn't have lipstick on the, or you know what like I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes right. that's when with their animal characters, sometimes they go a little overboard with well, what makes a female animal versus so the male. Phil Harris bears love to cross dress because little John also dresses yeah. as a woman. Woman. That's right. And, and, and I think that's why, because that character is obviously a woman. Does not put on a voice at all. That's my favorite thing. I'm going to dress as a woman, but I'm still going to have that Phil Harris voice yeah. and do nothing. Everyone's just like, oh my goodness. Like every every bad guy is just, just overtaken. Anyway, yeah. I just, I was, I was shocked when I saw that in the document. I was like, really? I just, I thought it was 
here comes another boisterous person that I love singing and dancing so much. This monkey looks like they love singing and dancing so much. I didn't see any romance angle to it at all. Did I'm you blinded. see it when you watched it this time? Did you catch it? I The reaction shot of King, King Louis, Louis definitely looks like he's yes. a little more excited to he's, see her than yeah. just, oh, look, another dancer. A friend. But then yeah. afterwards, all they do is just dance for a little bit. I th- I thought it was just, I thought he was just mad he wasn't a monkey. He was trying to, I don't know. Yeah, and so this whole bit with them back and forth is them <laughs> scatting back and forth, yes. which I do really like that. And we talked about that at the top about um, how he didn't repeat the call mm-hmm. and response, not repeating what Louis Prima did. And then as he taps him at the end, that's when the coconuts fall off his face yes. and his skirt falls and they realize he's a bear. And then this whole scene, uh, chase scene happens where the monkeys are passing Mowgli around and, and Bagheera and Baloo. So it's another, a lot of these scenes when it's all the animals are scenes you really just have to watch because there's a lot of back and forth. And so then uh, we see like afterwards, I like that Baloo and Bagheera both have black eyes and how Bagheera doesn't realize he has one. He right. like points it out to Baloo and they're looking in the reflection. This is where we kind of see them talking in the reflection in the water and Bagheera letting him know, like, you, we can't keep him here. Like, this is mm-hmm. another reason why it's unsafe for him. And Mowgli looks so comfortable in that, in those leaves, in like that <laughs> giant, what looks like a hosta, but it's like something well, else. I made the com- I made the joke in the beginning about this being about uh, two, a, a, a two fathered uh, family. Yeah, but there is something to be said about like the two different types of parenting. Yeah, and you have the parent who's like. The fun parent who, like, you know, really keeps the kid entertained and makes him feel good about himself, but doesn't necessarily have a lot of responsibility. And Bagheera being more of the, like, this is what we have to do. And I think there is a, you know, Blue flat out says, I want to adopt him. I'll treat him as my own. Yeah, and, I think and then Bagheera says the the phrase, birds of a feather flock together, like, trying. Well, what's the comment he says where, where Blue says, I don't know, I never had a panther ask me, or something yes, like that. Yeah, he's like, if, if you and I got <laughs> I mean, together and them. Yeah. got married... <laughs> Which is funny because I think they handle that pretty just like, eh, whatever. Like, yeah, you know, well, and Baloo is that type of character where I feel like he doesn't see it as a problem. Like, Baloo's if, dated a, 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 a another species. You yeah. Know, like, just, you know, that he's, he's real smooth like that. He's like, <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, but they talk back and forth and about how Shere Khan is eventually going to find Mowgli. And, you know, Baloo's like, but I promised that he could live in the jungle with me. And it's this whole back and forth. And uh, Baloo finally sees Bagheera's side and is like, okay, we'll take him back in the morning. And then it's morning. Mm -hmm. Like, they've kind of thought about this all night and it's morning. And he kind of just tells Mowgli they have a long walk, but he doesn't let him know at first where they're going. Mm -hmm. And so... Which is what Bagheera did. Yeah. And so uh, he doesn't say where they're going. And then Mowgli sings Bare Necessities and it's so cute. And, you know, and he's like, and we're going to be together... And then they fight because then Baloo is trying to just tell him, you know, you can't stay here. I'm really sorry. I know I promised you. And then that's when Mowgli says, you're just like Bagheera. And he runs off. Well, Baloo Baloo gets really mad that he said that. And he's like, you've gone too far. That's right. That's right. I think the scene is the power of of, uh, parenting together because I think Bagheera should have been there to like... Baloo was not empowered to make this conversation. Like, to, well, to and Bagheera, this, if Bagheera need... was there, he would have let him know that that's not that way didn't work. I've already tried that way, right? Yeah, to kind of like, like lead him. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. 
and kind of fib to him, right? White lie to him until you couldn't anymore. And so they wind up getting back together, Bagheera and Baloo, and splitting up to try to find him. And then this is where we first see Shere Khan, and his entrance is probably one of the best villain entrances so far. It's really good. Shere Khan, the dark horse, we haven't ranked him yet, but but he is a dark horse contender because he came out of nowhere for yeah, me. Like, oh, he yeah, like, he's a tiger. I'm like, whoa. He slinked <laughs> through those blades of grass and the way that they did it, the way he moved and the way the grass was, like, it was so good. The way he was approaching Bambi's mother. Yes. Which, which I said, are deer, like, are there deer in the jungle? And I believe the answer was yes, there's just not white-tailed yes. or mule dealer or whatever yeah. we have here. It just... But they actually look pretty similar. I Googled oh, it. Oh, really? And I was like, oh. When this yeah. comes out, let's throw that up there because I yeah. was just like, there's no deer in the jungle. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, you're seeing them on the hunt for the deer and then the elephants are marching. Mm-hmm. They're on their jungle patrol. And so that scares them off and Shere Khan is kind of annoyed his, by it. Let me see who his voice was. But his voice, every time he talked, it sounded like he was so good. Purring. Yeah, Yeah, his voice like, was so good. It was just this deep British... It's very, very nasally too, and they they kind of capture that in the caricature of him as well. Yes. Like the, he's got this big nose and kind of a like like strong jowls and stuff. And even when he breathes in, sometimes it's like yeah, yeah. and they'll like make his nose like, like out. wobble. George, they literally animate that sound. George Sanders, who wasn't doesn't seem to have been in a lot of other Disney stuff, but was in. Uh, the picture of Dorian Gray and all about Eve. So he's mm. just a respected actor. But yeah. Anyway. And so as the Jungle Patrol marches by, Bagheera uh, says halt to stop marching. Yes. And so they all stop. And then the colonel is like, who said halt? Was it me? And all of this. And so he starts asking them for help to find the man cub. And Shere Khan, of course, overhears. So he's nobody knows he's there. And he's basically hearing everything that's being said. And at first, the colonel doesn't want to help find the man cub and doesn't believe that uh, he should be, you know, that they should be out looking for him. And I love that Winifred speaks up here. It's talking about female agency. Like it's two Winifreds in two movies. The mom. Wasn't the mom Winifred? And oh, Mary yeah. Poppins? And Mary Poppins. She was. Yeah. But I love that she speaks oh. up here and, you know, she says, what if it was our son? Like, he is our son. Like, what mm. if our son was lost? Wouldn't you want everyone to help find him? And then I love that she says, or I'm going to take over command. And then his line's not so great after but that. But I like this idea of, like, the only reason that he's in command over his wife is probably because she, she lets, lets him. him. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I yeah. like, there, there's some sexism there, but I always enjoy the, like, like, we let them be in charge idea. Yeah, like, and then the colonel finally says, well, I had an idea or a plan all along, and so he starts assigning roles, and I like that the one elephant is going to sound the trumpet, and then he closes off his trunk, and he's like, not yet, not That's yet. That's another animation that happens a bunch in Robin Hood. Mm. Watch out for that. I feel like the colonel is almost a villain in this movie, like, uh, by way of indifference, because... He he's very like he's very Boston. He's like, oh, you're not allowed to be around here. And, oh, you know, he's like really trying to kind of push Mowgli away and and stuff like that. And then when people need help, he wants to tell them, no, forget about it, not my problem. I, I'm like, that's almost villainous, I mean, but more sucks. so indifferent. <laughs> like, yeah, no yeah. And, but then like he's brought back, yes. you know. Yeah. But his flaw would be pride. I yeah, think. and I like that. And then his wife fixes. Yes, that. I like that Winifred. I think. 
she's really the only strong she is the only strong female character we have in this movie so right and did, i uh did i bring up that the sherman brothers this whole this little bit with the elephant had a lot to do with their time in the service i don't think so yeah, no they were both in the service and they're like oh like they like every like in the the documentary they talk a little bit about that and how this because they the sherman brothers had a big hand in writing a lot of the movies they were involved in because they would say mm. this is what we're leading to and they would yeah they were more than just the the the, the musicians but interesting interesting and so then the elephants start talking too about the element of surprise, and then Shere Khan <laughs> is like, "Haha! Like I'll you basically like I'll give you an elephant of surprise or an elephant of and surprise." That's pretty funny, Tara. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, element of surprise uh, about him meeting the man cub, and then we cut to uh, the waterfall. And are you laughing at elephant of surprise? I just love this idea of someone walking around and then you're like the elephant of surprise and then that elephant just drops from the, 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 the sky. <laughs> like a know. piano. Yeah. <laughs> just drops down on you. Uh, but we cut to the waterfall again and now Mowgli's here and he's sad and he's alone and then Ka finds him. So he's he's ready for Ka, basically. So when they suggested bringing Sterling Holloway, the, the voice who had been in a, a couple things that we've done previously, and most then it's notably most... Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Um, apparently the animator said, please not again. And really? I, that's what they said in the documentary. They don't go into that. Like, did they not like him? But they're like, yeah, I'm curious. it turned out to be, he was really good for this role. And I'm like, maybe they were just like, we've animated this guy enough. It's time for someone else. I'm curious what the motivation was. To I be love like, the idea no, that Sterling you. Holloway, the voice of Winnie the Pooh is like a big pain in the rear to work with. <laughs> like he's just, he's just always like, he's like, where's my gin? Bring me, you know, he's yeah, just like, yeah. hey, toots, and like slaps the person, the woman on the butt on the way out. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, bother, I need some hunt. Like, he just does this 180. Oh, and again, wow. this is Ryan's opinion. We have no facts that this is actually yes, how yeah, he acted. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> uh, <but> Ka- <laughs> Alleged womanizer Sterling Hall. Yes. But Ka picks him up into the tree and he's trying to hypnotize him and Mowgli is is trying to show him that he's on to him he's like you know i don't trust you and then that's when he sings the song trust in me and this was one of the facts i looked up that this song was actually written for mary poppins and i think it was called land in the sand or it was, something it was for a segment called land the land of sand land of sand now that's i don't it was. that to me i don't know what that was or yeah i don't either Sh- the sherman brother I, I, I only know i don't know their first names it's either a sherman brother or it's the richard sherman and i forget the other one's name um he was just like yeah we did that and it just kept going and i'm like well, i would like to know more about that yeah so they they recycled the melody essentially Mm -hmm. um for trust in me and then uh i love that he he kind of just lulls him to sleep with this song and the animation here as Mowgli like follows his snake body like up in the circle and he's rocking him like again it's another really good visual Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. sequence to watch for and uh sheer hears Ka singing and sees his tail hanging from the tree and he tugs on his tail and it rings like a doorbell which I just found so funny <laughs> so good yeah. I love that everybody in the jungle seems to know each other yes and they're all kind of over each other's BS yeah like 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 Shere Khan's like oh he's probably up there hypnotizing something and eating it come here you know like they all yeah yeah yeah. Be, yeah yeah and he's like and it could be the cub so that's like why he's interested it could be the man cub and so he rings it like a doorbell and he goes oh I 
I thought you were entertaining someone in your coils. Like he's there. He's so casual about it. Yeah, yeah. And I used. I think you said this here when he pulls out his claws. Like that's kind of his threat. He doesn't have like necessarily the threatening tone in his voice yet, but no. his claws come out in his paw. And Kaz just says, oh, I'm just singing to myself. I have trouble with my sinuses. I love this whole bit that Ka can't eat, he can't sleep, so he sings himself to sleep because his sinuses are so bad. I love when he's... He, like, picks his nose with his claw. Yeah, with his claw. He's so casual about it. And I feel like that's scarier. Like, when someone's not outright violent, but they're like, there's just a hint of it. And the very calm demeanor, and it's really disturbing. <laughs> Did you ever yeah. see uh, The Dark Knight Rises with Bane? And there's this scene where the dude who hired him to rob the bank is like, he's like, I'm the one in charge. And then Bane just puts his hand on his neck, like right next to his neck, like this, and goes, Do you feel in charge? And like the whole scene, like, <laughs> that's what it, it felt like. That's, just yeah. casually puts it there, yeah. and it's so good. Yeah. That's what it felt well, like. and I think. Like I remembered as a child, I thought Ka worked with Shere Khan, and that's not the case at all. No. And I, I feel like I created that in my brain that I kind of associated them together, that like Ka helped get Mowgli to Shere Khan, and it's actually the complete opposite. He wants Mowgli to himself. Uh, just a note, I want all the listeners to know that I had to edit out the uh, rousing round of applause and standing ovation I got for my Tom Hardy Bane impression. <laughs> so that's just why you didn't. I know you all expected to hear it there, and you may have had to rewind because you can hear over your own. Anyway. This is what I live with, listeners. <laughs> Validation. Uh, but so... Uh, I- Ka's talking about his sinuses, and I love this bit where Ka tries, we mentioned it earlier, I think, yeah. where Ka tries for a minute to hypnotize Shere Khan, and Shere Khan's like, Not I can't it. be bothered with that yes. nonsense. Like, he's literally just like, no, this isn't happening. He says something interesting, too, like, after he just flumps his big paw into Ka's head, and, and Ka's like, perhaps another time, and, and Shere Khan's like, yes. Perhaps. Like, yeah, like yeah, it's not so a big deal. Good. He just threatened your life. <laughs> yeah. And so he asked to search Ka's coils. And I love that he shows him his head. He shows him his tail. And he's like, well, what about the middle? And he shows him part of his middle. And then Mowgli snores. Yeah. And then the bit about the sinuses comes back where Ka tries to snore and say it's his sinuses. Uh, and then um, what winds up happening is Shere Khan leaves and he goes back up and he's kind of uncoiled himself and Mowgli's able to get away and kicks Ka off the tree again. Mm-hmm. And it's that whole sequence again of his knotted tail and he's all accordioned up. And then it cuts to the vultures and they have a couple jokes in here, but they're deciding what they should do. And they're like, oh, don't do that again. What should we do? And like, nobody can decide. And one of the things they say is things are ripe and dead all over. And then yes. someone's like, oh, you wish they were. And I just love that little bit. The, the, what so do you want to do? I don't know what you want to What do you want to do? Was something my mother would say to me when I was a kid. So I get like unreasonably angry at that joke. Because I'd be like, I don't know. what she's. I'm like, what are we going to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And then finally, I when I, I remember there was an age where I was like, well, I want to eat ice cream all day or like whatever yeah. I wanted to do. And she's like, no. And I'm like, then why do you ask? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so they're trying to decide what to do. And they see Mowgli and they start saying his legs look like a stork and they're kind of poking fun at him. They're not as cruel as. Uh, I'm trying to think of what movie there's a Disney movie where. People are really cool the about their The flowers with Alice. Yes, that's that what it is. That was the one where the flowers were so mean to Alice. They're you got so really mean like, to Alice. Like yeah, they're really mean. And I feel like the storks don't have that same hatred. The flowers are cruel. 
the flowers were very cruel. I don't feel like the, I, I the like, vultures are cruel here. I, I'm skipping ahead, but at the end of the day, the vultures are great. Like, they help yeah, out. Like, yeah, yeah. They're good characters. And they start making fun of him, but then they see that he's sad and crying, and nobody wants me around, and they can relate to that. They're like, oh, no one wants us around either. Like, And so you can join our group. And so Mowgli just says he wants to be we alone. We need a tenor. Yeah, yeah, when they're singing. And then they start singing together, and that's when Shere Khan comes upon them. And I love the whole sequence of the vultures singing. It's really great. It's another one of those sequences I think you really have to watch it. But I love that Shere Khan comes in and sings, like, to let them know that he's final there. verse. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. He's a charming villain. Yes. But he's also extremely deadly. Yes. Yeah. Like, he has no mercy, but he yeah. has this charisma to him. That's It's very interesting. Yes. And when he shows up, Mowgli still is not afraid of him. He's like, why should I run from you? Like, Shere Khan's ready for the chase. He's ready for Mowgli to run so he can chase him and catch him. Like, that's what happens when people see him. And Mowgli's like, I'm not scared of you. Like, why should I run from you? And then I love that Shere Khan gives him, I'll give you to the count of ten to and, run. Well, because he's so confident. And yes. this is the first time I think you see Shere Khan's, like, demeanor crack. Yeah, because he's like, I'm getting. I'm, I've already says the moment. You're trying Mowgli's, my patience, yes, boy. Yeah, what he and says. Yes. That's the first time you're like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Mowgli goes to get a stick. He doesn't run. Yeah. Like in the counting, yeah. and then that's when Baloo comes in, and as Shere Khan goes for Mowgli, Baloo grabs his tail, and then Mowgli still taps Shere Khan on the face with it, like on his nose with a stick. Like well, he still he goes after him. I think Mowgli gets brave here, but he before he was like unreasonably brave, and now he's like running and knows to get away, but he's also like his friend's getting hurt, and yeah. he's trying to be part of the fight. This fight that becomes between Shere Khan and, and Baloo trying to like save Mowgli is simultaneously like such a good combination of funny like there's drama to it where you legitimately feel worried about the characters but it's not too too violent it's violent but without being too graphic right um but it's still it's still a disney one like blue never like gets a one up on him but he like blue looks like he's holding it he doesn't look weak but he's also like i love the bit where he's like you got him he's like yeah but they're teeth on the other end yeah <laughs> and there's like parts that are funny but at the same time this is a really like intense fight scene i like this a lot yeah and then that's when the vultures come in too like baloo says we could use a little help here and the vulture vultures swing in and scoop up mowgli and mm-hmm. mowgli fights it you know he wants to he wants to help Baloo. He yeah. doesn't want to be picked up. And then the lightning hits the tree and causes the fire on the tree. And that's when I think it's the vultures tell him that yeah. Shere Khan is afraid of fire. And so Mowgli and again. We heard it a little earlier, like us, the audience. Yeah. Like, and yeah. Mowgli also doesn't know what fire is, I would imagine, up to this point. He well, probably hasn't seen fire. I think he they does. They talked about it. They talked about it with. With King Louis, I guess, but I guess, yeah. He may not have seen it. Yeah, yeah. and so... Or if he'd seen it, I bet it'd be a situation like this. Yeah. He's like, how do you make fire? Oh, you wait till a lightning storm and you hope it hits a dead tree. Yeah. And so he gets it from the tree. Um, He breaks off a branch and he ties the fire, the the, like branch of the tree to Shere Khan's tail. Well, before this... Shere Khan gets a hold of Baloo. Yes. And he is just, and it's, and it's just Shere Khan and it looks like he's just tearing him to ribbons. Yeah. Which I think is a good way of doing it. Cause in the last shot is him punching him. Cause there's a part where he bites Baloo on the butt. Which and that's is funny, a little more comical. But I'm also yeah. like, that would draw blood. Like, yeah. That's yeah. An issue. <laughs> that would hurt. 
And yeah. I like the way that they animate when the fire is tied to Shere Khan's tail when it flips in front of him and it looks yeah. like like he's surrounded in fire. Like that was a really cool moment like and being, he runs away. It being tied to his tail is kind of comedic, but they play it like serious. Yeah. And and it, it, it here we have another instance of a Disney villain not dying though. Yeah, and right. he just runs off. Um, and then it starts raining and we see that Baloo is passed out on the ground. <laughs> and at first we think he's passed out, but then Mowgli comes dead. over. Well, I think Mowgli thinks he's passed oh, out. Okay, okay. And then Mowgli's like trying to wake him up and he's not waking up. So I think I, I just wanted to mention that something that I never really noticed before with Mowgli in this fight is one, he's got a lot of presence in the fight, but two, he goes through a lot of emotions. Like he's still in this presence of like, stubborn defiant kid up until the very last moment yeah where shere khan leaps at him and then in that moment he's like oh yeah. i'm gonna die <laughs> like you yeah. see yeah i face. feel like he doesn't and then really... he's scared he's finally yes. completely mm-hmm. afraid but yeah, he overcomes he really that like you scared. mentioned for I, I his think, friend i think he yeah he overcomes he's he's afraid but then he goes back to being confident but it's to help his friend it's a, it's that, a different type it's a different yeah. type of fight and confidence he's it's, still yeah. scared because he still knows to run but he's trying to help the you know the bear that he loves he's trying to help Baloo. previously he thinks he's immortal like he's like what am i afraid of i don't have anything right. to be afraid of and now he's like he's okay. brashly well, and brave most animals, but now yeah, he's most, like yeah most animals he's come into contact with have helped him minus ka Right, Ka's been cunning, but for the most part, like him, his upbringing has mm-hmm. been positive. Right, he hasn't come into contact with he's, a lot of violence. He's a he's a privileged silver spoon kid. Never learned to climb a tree. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> uh, and so that's when it starts raining, and Baloo's on the ground, mm-hmm. and Mowgli at first I think just thinks he's knocked out and is trying to like wake him up, and then Bagheera comes by. And Bagheera starts this sermon, and it's like so kind. A, a eulogy. Yeah, it's, but he's yeah. so kind to Baloo, and this will always be sacred or hollowed ground where he lays. And and then Baloo kind of starts waking, and up, his but eyes let start them know opening. Yeah, yeah. And then I wish my mother was here to hear. Yeah, this. and the thing yes, is, is as right. as Bagheera is doing this eulogy, it's becoming serious to Mowgli. So Mowgli's yeah. also getting sadder. And then the comedic piece of us, the viewer, seeing that Baloo hasn't died and like is waking up. Um, and then, yeah, I wish my mother could have heard this. It's so such good. a good line. And so then once they realize he's awake and that like it's not a big deal, uh, there's like one more, I think, little cut to the vultures. They were going to congratulate Mowgli and then they see that Baloo, they yeah, think Baloo's yeah, yeah, hurt. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, now's not the time. And then we start hearing a girl singing, and she's singing to get water, and none and of us really love this part. This is the part we all were kind part. of meh about. Yeah, uh, and to Bal- put it lightly, yeah, Baloo says here, "Forget about those; they ain't nothing but trouble." When he sees the girl, Baloo's Sexism. reaction. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. But no. Okay, I'm not going to defend it. This. Is I but Baloo's? I like, will all say. Stuff I will is say Baloo's reactions are a little bit like when is it the owl in Bambi is trying to describe what like Twitter painted is? Yeah. And yeah. like they all wind up falling Which, in love. It's not the same. I think Baloo is a little bit more sexist here than the owl is. But Baloo is very much just like love is too much of a bother. Like don't get into that. But yeah. the way it comes yeah. off is just like girls are too much of a bother. For the record, the. There are nothing but trouble is probably, in my opinion, the least egregious 
issue in, in this scene. scene. Yes, because we definitely. Because Mowgli's intrigued, and then we cut to she's her. She's the same age. She's supposedly. How yeah. old? How old are is Mowgli supposed to be? I'll look I want to say eight, but I don't know where I'm getting eight from. I don't think that like I know it's eight. I feel like that's just in my brain for whatever I, reason. I wonder if how old is Mo? <laughs> okay, yeah. in in the book, in the actual book, he's supposed to be five years old. So, oh gosh, what? Yeah. How old is he? What did you find? It says five when I five. pull it up. There's no. There's no, 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 no way. No. I'm gonna give There's him. No I'm gonna way. give him because he, he's prepubescent. So I'm gonna say like eight a, or nine. Or you're gonna I get him even older than that. But she is. Because you hear the words in the song saying that she's getting water. Her father's out to hunt. One day she'll have a husband. Like it's, she, the whole thing is this is gender roles. The song, yeah. Like it's and like, when they zoom in on her, she's got lipstick. She's got these really mascaraed, like long eyelashes. And they're doing that like from below look up with like the big. Foot, yeah, and then she does like, like sexy eyes at him a couple times. Yeah, yeah. And so it's this whole bit it's, back it's, and it's, forth. There's a thing. There's a title for that. It's like it's like submissive eyes or something. It's the idea of like the shot being. It's a very male gazy shot, and they do it a few times. Yeah, and and for a ten or eleven year old, and I have a problem. Yeah, with that. And yeah. So then she. It's icky. Yeah, she scoops up the water and puts it on her head, and then she drops it. And then this is another comedic <laughs> moment laugh. from Baloo, where he's like, "She did that on purpose." And Bagheera is like wise to the whole thing. He's like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, of, like, course of course she yeah, did. Yeah, of course like, she yeah. did." And like, this is where he belongs. Like Bagheera, the whole time is like, "No, let him go." And it, like, this is where he belongs. It feels like again, two parents. One parent is like, "I want my kid to be with me forever," and the other parent being like, "You have to grow." Yeah. And so she drops it, he picks it up, and he fills it with water and goes to hand it to her. And she just, like, looks over her shoulder and then just keeps walking. So then Mowgli has to follow her to try to give it back. And, and the then last, he just keeps going. The last shot we see of Mowgli is like, like, that's the last shot of our hero. Yeah. It's him just, like, like kind of dopely kind of walking, following her. But I do, like... painted. Yeah, yes. can you blame me? Yeah. Like, that was it. I do like how it ends with Baloo and Bagheera, though, that they walk into the forest together, and they were like, well, we have to go. I don't know if they say go back where we belong, but they say something like something that. Something like that. And then they start singing, and then, they, like, the I love that it changes to a sunset. I, yeah. I do like watching them walk off, and you made the comment about uh, Bagheera's on two legs Baloo. with Baloo and looks so uncomfortable. But looks how he would look if you were trying, like when we, yes. like if we tried to pick up Lady and like dance with her or yeah. something, it looks like that. Yeah. But still, it, I love it. I love that it's they're going to go it's be friends sweet. now. Yeah. All right. So here we go. We got our questions this time. Uh, how okay. was the princess? I believe in this case, we're going to say the princess was Mowgli. Yeah. Wait, I like what? Mowgli. <laughs> so, well, the, the okay. princess equals protagonist. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I liked him. I liked Mowgli. He was kind of yeah. an annoying little 10-year-old every once in a while, but never to where I didn't want him on screen or I thought it didn't seem... But I think we've had other characters that are even more naive than Mowgli was. Mowgli was naive about Shere Khan, but I think he also was very brave and very open to just yeah. exploring a little bit more than some other characters we've had. What do you think, Marjorie? I think, I mean, I think my favorite part with Mowgli and it was actually the fight like as I mentioned he has his hero moment and he comes through and there's like lots of emotions that you can see him go through um, mm-hmm. but ultimately he's there for his friend yeah 
Okay, how was the prince? Who is... And who are you deeming I'm going to say Bagheera, Bagheera and Baloo were the prince. The prince I think he's yeah. kind of the... the, the <gasps> they were fantastic. <laughs> Wait I a second. <laughs> we, it's just, listen, it's Princess Diaries, but not all the, all the, all the Disney movies are princesses. Okay. I think um, they're the most... You're going to have problems you, when it comes to Aladdin. Well, it's, it's typically... Reversed. Right, but I think the idea is just typically we say prince and princess, it's the protagonist and then the person who's emotional relationship is most important oh yeah so, so I, I guess the prince what, would be baloo that's what we're saying baloo and bagheera yeah. is kind of their investment in him and i love them both baloo has like skyrocketed up through my disney characters list in a way that i didn't see coming just because i haven't seen this in a while yeah agree is that is that an agree, agree yeah yeah i'm I nodding i'm like gushed. oh duh it's fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think we've gushed over both of these characters throughout talking about it that yeah. i think we're all kind Absolutely. of agreed on that uh let's do a little sidekick talk i mean i think who did you guys like the most is kind of just the side characters. I I thought the elephants were fun. The elephants were fun. I really liked the vultures a lot. Yeah. yeah. Vultures, I think, are my picks for best sidekicks. Yeah. Um, Favorite musical number. I got to go Bare Necessities. I love uh, Want to Be Like You, but now that it, I've kind of had my eyes open a little bit to yeah. the song itself, I think I got to go with Bare Necessities. And I, it's, it's a, it, as the kids say, it slaps. That's because a thing. It does slap. Even... Okay. Guys, yeah, so... I didn't even know that's a term. So. <laughs> I... Tara works with the elderly, so she's like I know. And now I'm not even knees. working. I'm not even working. Like I'm not going I'm yes. not working as much, so I'm even more disconnected than I was beforehand. Um so I I have two songs that are my my favorite for two different reasons. Cool. And neither of them are bare, bare necessities. Oh, no. So maybe I'm wrong. That's fine. There's <laughs> no, no wrong. There's no wrong answer. Subjective art. Um, so musically, just strictly musically and looking at the music and, and the cleverness of the lyrics and, and stuff, I would say um, it, it's King Louis' song is my yeah. favorite musically, right? Without looking at it lyrics in context. And, yeah. Right. I, and I agree with that sentiment. Um, for me personally, I guess all things considered, I really like the Vulture song the best. I like the oh, harmonization. Yeah. I like the throwback to like the barbershop, you know, quintets. I like, mm-hmm. I like just the lyrics of the song. They're clever. They mention that yes, vultures eat dead things, but <laughs> it's about friendship. It's it's like a really good song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, it is a good one. I, I do like I, my favorite part is we like, are friends Come on, to the bitter we need end. A yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like I like bare necessities quite a bit, but I also I almost like the repress like the whole song is good but i love when mowgli sings it when he's so happy because mm-hmm. he thinks he's with blue even though blue's trying to walk him back to the village at that point i like that little reprise of it too yeah um they're all good songs yeah i now we've usually got the does it hold up and i think we've talked a lot about those things about yeah. the female representation which is kind of non-existent really minus there. the i mean the elephant is in there but um, that's about the it. ethnic representation there's not really any guns or firearms or any drinking or smoking but i mean we've got the general question of like letting a kid just sit down and watch this i'm pretty okay with it like i don't i i i think you have to kind of dig deep for the the uh issue in my opinion with uh king louis and i think the only thing that really makes me hesitant is the end with the woman who's like I'm going to be a housewife and I'll be well, taken care of by men as is as God intended. Like it's like oh that, God. and I do think this the Shere Khan fight scene could be scary. That's a good point. So yeah. I I think that that gets a little intense. But again, I think I think if you know 
if you go in with that lens and you know about it, and yeah. you know your child, I think then you can make kind of your own educated decision on on yeah. watching it or not. Yeah. I, I think it holds up. I think I think there's a lot of things that like you have to view in context of the time and also mm-hmm. understand how that applies now. And I think you can analyze movies and say like, yeah, this is problematic or yeah, this has issues. But you can also say like, it's also got some yeah. good stuff about it too. You know, it's it's complicated. Yeah. But, but that's but that's kind of like adults looking at it. Where we we like, it's the same with Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. There's a lot of good with Lady and the Tramp, but that Siamese cat song needs Hachi to be cut. It needs to be. <laughs> cut. Oh yeah. So like, and that's I'm, like blatant. That's we'll like in your face, the... kind of blatant. But that's when um, you sit your kid down and have a conversation. Well, yeah. that's when you show them the new one, which I don't think has that scene in it. Yeah. <laughs> really. Uh, I think we haven't seen the well, new one, but we're going to. It's not like oh, oh the new new one. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah the, new, the new one, one that but premiered the, on Disney Plus. But the original one, the cats come in, cause a scene, and then they're not in the rest of the movie. So it's not like they're even an it's, important it's part of the movie. It's easily, it's easy that they could cut it, and even they could cut it if they wanted to now. Yeah, they could, but then I there's don't that think argument. they should. Yeah, there's that argument that Warner Brothers. Oh yeah, makes, I agree. Which I, I think... agree. If you cut it, then it's like it never happened, and you have to at least acknowledge that it happened, that's, right? That's an interesting thought. If they had like this is our edited version, this is the and they put, yeah. if they put them both up. I don't know if I feel uh, how I feel about that. I, I guess as a parent, you like... could just skip that part if you don't think your child's ready for that conversation. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess there's a lot of different ways to look at there it. There was once a country called Siam. I like the option of a parent having an option to say, no, I don't want to show my kids this or no, I want to, you know, like, or, you know, I want to have, I want to use this as a, as a teaching moment to have a conversation. Um, so up next, and we're going to take a second to kind of, you guys all know about this, but we're going to take a second to, to, to catch Marjorie up. We are going to rank the villains of which I believe we've decided there's three King Louie, Ka and Shere Khan. Mm -hmm. Uh, but let me explain that to Marjorie and we'll be right back. Guys, we are back. I have explained the infallible scientific villain ranking system to Marjorie. She's on board. So we have three villains to do today. Yes. So we're going to start, I believe, with, let's start with King Louis. Okay. And do you need me to write them down or you got it? I've got them right here. Okay. We are good to go. Uh, uh, frightening. Oh, not at all. Yeah. I would say a one as well. I would well. say a one. Maybe a two. Because he's kind of strong. Like he's got, a, he's got a gang of monkeys. Okay. We'll do a two for uh, Marjorie. Funny... Here's the thing. I remembered him being funnier than he was. I think he's kind of zany. Yes. But I don't I think he's like a 3. I think he, yeah. he's he's fun. Maybe yes. he's not yes. funny, but he's funny, fun. But he's fun, yeah. So I for me, he'd be like a 4. He's 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 kind of a silly character. Where do you rank him, Tara? A 3. A 3? Okay. Uh fierce. No. Mm. Probably no, a 1. I'm going to give him a 1 for yeah. that. He does have presents. Okay. What do you want to give him? If we're talking about presents, I'd probably give him a two or a three. You got to pick one. Gosh. Two and a half? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll give him a three because he's fun. Okay. I like him. He has presents so in that. The next one we have is effective. Now, I think he gets a one in effective because... Well, he kidnaps. He gets Mowgli for a half a second, so maybe a two or a three. Yeah, for they me. bring it. His, but his to me, his henchmen evil, bring his, him back. His evil plan is to learn how to make fire, and, and he, he does not achieve that. Yeah, yeah. at all. Two. So, I'll give him a two. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. Let's let's do twos across. Well, I mean, I don't want to tell you guys what to do, but it sounds yes. like twos across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, design. 
This, I want to He's got a him... high design. Yes. He looks like such a good orangutan to me. I'd say a four or a five for me. I'm yeah. I'm... Uh, I, I'd give him a four. I'm going to give him a four. Okay, we got fours across the board. Go away, Heat. Is a one for a me. A one. I, I one. was excited to see his character. So. Yeah. I got to be honest, and I'm maybe playing my hand a little early. I don't think any any of the ones from this one have go away heat for no. me. They're all interesting no. and intriguing. And yes, Factor, I'm going to... What, 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 what do you guys want to give him? How excited were you to see him when he ex- he appeared on screen? I, I'd say a four. I just like, I kind of mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, I mean... His animation is amazing. Yeah, and I that was usually one of my favorite scenes as a kid, too. So it had that nostalgia piece to it of being excited. Okay. Uh, I will add these up later. So let's just go on to the next one, which is uh, Ka. Okay. So the first one on Ka is frightening. So... I think the concept of being squeezed by a three. python is more frightening. Yeah, more yeah. frightening than than and King I Louis. Also I think, think I'd only give it a two, but I, I was still... going to give him a three because I think the hypnotizing piece—you're no longer in control. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, right? three. Like, so he's Even Bagheera's afraid away. of him. Yeah. Yeah, that's three. a good point. All right, you've you've talked me into a three. Funny. <laughs> I think he's a four or five. I really like. I liked think he's Ka. funny. He's he's also he's a little zany too. But he's I, the whole bit with Shere Khan and the sinuses and like that whole thing. I thought was really funny. I like the yeah. accordion noise every time. Yeah, like, I'm gonna give him a four. Away. What do you? Yeah, I give him a four. A four. Okay, fours across the board. Fierce. I I think he's to me he's more than King Louis. In the fierce department, but not much. So I might give him a two. I'm gonna give him a two. I give him a two. Yeah. Okay. For me, he's less than King Louis because I gave yeah. King Louis a three. I know. I know yeah. you love some Louis. I do. <laughs> uh, effective. So good. Now he cap. Now he captures he, Mowgli twice. Twice. He never. But he eats never him, eats him. But he does capture him twice. He's good at being grabby, but not much yeah. else. <laughs> and he, and he yeah. keeps away from Shere Khan. He I'm tries with three. everyone and fails yeah. all the time. I'm going to give yeah. him a two. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give him a three. Don't let me. No, because he does hypnotize Bagheera. Like, he, he does, you know, he doesn't get to hypnotize Shere Khan because he's not about that nonsense, but. Okay. Design, he's getting another four from me because I thought they did a good job. Like, you, ha- I think as an animation, we didn't really talk about, we talked about the idea that he was always off screen, but like. I feel like the managing of like they were where really he would clever. Be yeah, they were really clever on what to do with him because he was so long. Like when his tail gets knotted up and gets caught in things when he's escaping, mm-hmm. when he's leaving, and yes, I, I, I would agree for. And also, yeah. like I, I forgot to mention, you almost always see the back of his throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, so that's common. Right. You see, like literally the hole going down his throat, it's like every time he a, talks. Yeah, it's not just like a black void, like it is. It feels like in other characters, like. But you don't like, see that with any other character. Yeah. You, it's it's with him because he wants to eat everyone. Yeah, four. Okay, uh, go away, Heat. This is another one for me. A one, yeah, because I really like him. A two, maybe, but I like him a lot too. Um, yes, factor. I think he was lower for me going into this than King Louis, but it's interesting because coming out of it, I like like him again. Two. I'm gonna give him a three. I actually liked him more than three. I especially like his whole interaction with Shere Khan was one of my favorites. You I gave think. King Louis a four. Oh, I did. Yes. I'm gi- so I'm giving I'm giving him a three. You can knock King Louis down if you want. No, I think I was more excited nostalgically for King Louis. Okay. So keep Ka That's a three. How I felt That's too, fine. Yeah. All right, and finally we have, I don't want to give my thing away, but to me, this 
dark horse coming out of nowhere. Didn't so realize good. I this cult favorite. So good. Shere Khan. Uh, frightening. Shere Khan. Five. Yeah. He's merciless. I think he's ruthless and merciless and yeah. he's scary. And from the moment he enters the screen, like, it's, yeah, he's five. Yep, same. So fives across the board? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, if you had asked me before this thing, did I think Shere Khan was going to be a five? I would have been like, no, Shere Khan's nothing. I just, I think he's underrated. Now, funny. What do you guys think? No. Funny? Marjorie, what do you think? I'd say one. I don't think he's funny at all. Ooh, I thought he was way fun. Like he's him, very clever. He's cl- I. Okay, you you. Everybody is welcome to their numbers. <laughs> I'm giving him a three. Really? The way he toyed with Ka, I thought all like him being like no, and that I think the way he was like, ooh, I'm in the like he's very pleased with himself. Yeah, I'm like, gonna give I him just, a two. I don't know that I feel I can give him a that's three. Fine. That's but fine. I do think he's clever, and I I want to give him some credit for that okay. cleverness. I, I still give him one. I don't find him funny. I find him dangerous. Okay, mm, yeah. fierce. He's a five. He's, he's a fierce. Five? Yes. He's a five. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He's not like. Queen fierce, but he's like he owns the scene fierce. He yeah. owns I'm, every scene that he's in. I'm giving him a four. Mm-hmm. I I really like him, but I just I think he could go like there's an extra mile there that's not being covered. But okay, effective. So his goal. So his goal is to kill Mowgli. His goal is to kill Mowgli, and he's bad at it. But I would say he's effective as a villain because everywhere he walks in that jungle, everyone is terrified of him. Yes, and yes. everyone, everyone, the minute they say his name, they know who they, they're yes. talking about, and they know that like they need to be on their best behavior slash stay away from him, depending on where you, what animal you are. I don't think that makes him a five, but I think that's a that's a hard three or a soft four. I think I think it's a pretty solid four, and here's why: he faces uh, like in the final battle, it's him versus Mowgli. Okay, who's ten? But Blue, and then all of the vultures. It That's literally takes all point. of them, and yeah. they were screwed until the lightning happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if nature didn't intervene, it's a good with point. the fire. Uh, so I'm gonna give him a four. Okay, four for me. I think he's gonna turn out way higher. Uh, design. Oh, I really like his design. I like the the shoulder. I mean, yes, he looked like a tiger, but mm-hmm. the way he was animated, as you mentioned, like those shoulders and the way like his legs moved and the I don't know his face, really cool the, the nasal like how they made yes. his face sound so much like his voice or this sound is, so much look like his voice. This is another like look like it hard four yeah. soft five for me. Like, I think I'm yeah. gonna go with a four. a four. Yeah, I'll give him a four as well. Okay. Because I, I think he looks like a tiger, and I think part but of I it is... But I still think they made it... I think they elevated a tiger. Yes, yeah. I yes. was trying to think yeah. of the right word, yeah. Um, Go Away Heat is a one for me. Yes. Same. Okay. And then Yes Factor. I mean, here's the thing with Yes Factor, because on my next viewing of this, he will have a much higher Yes Factor than he did on That's this. That's what one, I was going to say, yeah. Down. like So for me, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give him a four because I really like him as a villain and I think he's really intense and I think he's got all the qualities that like, he's got a lot of similar qualities that Maleficent has. He's not on screen as much as she is. But he has that intensity to him. Yes. And that's what really draws me into a villain a lot of times. Yeah, I'd agree. Four. I'm going to give him a three because I'm splitting the difference of where I thought of memorable. And maybe that'll be the situation here. Maybe it won't be where like a few years down the line, I'm going to be like, 
oh yeah, was Sher Khan really cool? But like, I think he loses a point for that for me, for me being like, yeah. I don't remember how memorable this guy was. All right, guys, we've got the numbers. Let me add them up and we will be right back. All right, guys, uh, we are back and we have done the rankings. We've crunched the numbers. The the villains uh, board has agreed with these rankings. And here we go. So <laughs> coming in with a 17.3, which puts them in 14th place, is King Louie. Okay. Right above the buoys from Melody Time, which are still surprisingly high. <laughs> yeah. With the scary faces and the what? little toot short. Yeah. But below the coachman from uh, Pinocchio. Interesting. Well, doesn't... Uh, Mary Poppins, doesn't the bank president also fit in there somewhere? He is he is right below the bu- No, he's oh. tied with the buoies. That's he's right. Tied oh, with the buoies. Okay. I forgot about so that. So the Dick Van Dyke. I'm uh, surprised bank you know president. about the buoies. We kind of oh. had to like discover a villain. Yeah. Um, up next is Ka. Okay. With a ranking of 20, who comes in tied now for 10th with the Queen. Oh, sorry, for 9th with the Queen of Hearts. Oh, okay. Okay. So they right, are yeah. they're right the same. And then slightly above them, right above Ka, we have Lady Tremaine from Cinderella. And right above her, in our new seventh place, is Sheer Khan, coming in right behind Mad Madam Mim. Uh, for those of you following along at home, we will go I will repeat the top five, which are number one, Cruella. Number two, we have a tie with Evil Queen and Maleficent. Number four is Captain Hook, and number five is the Headless Horseman. Mm. So Sheer Khan made it pretty high up i am shocked i honestly it feels good having watched it and and seen where he fits in because i think he does really good i think lady tremaine deserves to be a little higher but I, think I think she that's does her. too but um time will already, tell when we go back already we are, voted listen her. this is infallible and scientific <laughs> there's no disputing it but um marjorie thank you so much for being a guest on our show uh, yes. we always we always ask our guests if they'd like to uh plug something whether it's a personal project uh, something, just a piece of media or whatever you've been enjoying lately, or you can just say peace on earth or whatever. So anything you want to plug? So nothing for me. I mean, you, you can always follow me on Instagram. Actually, I'll plug my Instagram. Okay. Uh, Petrek M7, P-T-R-E-K-M7, um, if you want. Uh, but f- as far as like really plugging something, it's something related to uh, Jungle Book. Um, it is... The Jungle Book. It's it it's a book, um, specifically the version illustrated by Robert Ingpen, who's one of my favorite illustrators, and he does amazing, amazing art. So check it out um, if you want to dive into the actual story that inspired the film. Awesome. Great. Well, guys, thanks again for listening. Uh, next week we are back with the Aristocats. Ooh. Tara was looking at me with. I was a, like, "Which she's one like, is no next? Came next?" And I have a confession: I've never seen it. Oh man, is yeah. this the first, one, the first non-packaged film you've never seen? Yeah, it's the first one I've never seen. For some reason, it just like fell through the cracks. I don't remember cracks. hardly anything about it. So I'm really excited for it. We'll find out. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after.